Welcome to episode 137 of the Movie City Maniacs. On tonight's episode, our Western series continues with Once Upon a Time in the West from 1968. Yeah! City Maniacs. I'm Kyle. I'm Maddie. And I'm Adam. And uh, yeah, we're continuing our Western series. Uh, started off with High Noon uh, last episode, and we're continuing it with the Sergio Leone Spaghetti Western classic, Once Upon a Time in the West from 1968. So hopefully this yeah. week we won't completely just shit on just this. <laughs> ruin our Western fans. Yeah, uh, we, we'll we promise we are fans, just the last one didn't work right. for us. And, and again, we talked about like Westerns are so kind of... How often is it that so we're, we're yeah. in consensus about something we <laughs> like the, that is heralded? Yeah. It's like the greatest movie of like uh, the western yeah. time and we're all just like ah, it sucks man I <laughs> Bill Clinton already wrote yeah. us he's yeah, yeah, super mad yeah. he's gonna be here it's next not week because it's an it. old film we love old films that yeah. just didn't connect with us so hopefully you're not pissed at us um, I, you know who knows I'll, maybe I'll watch it again yeah. going with the right expectations and my opinion will change I think I think it needs more killer puppets. Is what yeah, I think. that was the thing. I thought there was <laughs> yeah. the, the the legend puppets. Yeah. Why it wasn't yeah. more like legend? Yeah, mm-hmm. I could have used you know some Tim more Curry. Else and It was missing Tim, Tim Curry. Curry right? That's exactly it. Child Tim Curry in that one. Baby uh, Tim Curry. Yeah. What else? Have, what have you guys been watching? Anything exciting in your lives? Should I jump? I watched. Yeah, you watch a million watched. movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah I'll, I'll jump in, and, and then we. So it's not just me talking at the end for twenty minutes, or forty minutes, or an hour. Uh, I so I wanted to, I watched um what did I watch like a couple episodes ago, so oh, I watched uh, this is Spinal Tap I don't know why oh yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah. so I, yeah. I started it started with I started watching the um uh what's the director Christopher Guest Christopher Guest films and that led me into well I want to watch revisit this is Spinal Tap because it's a film I, I kind of liked when I first saw yeah. it I didn't love it and I didn't understand what was so special about it. And that revisiting that movie, I loved it. So then I got into, well, I kind of want to revisit this other comedy classic. Oh, is this Airplane? Airplane from yeah. 1980. Nice. So this is a movie everyone loves. The first time yeah. I watched it, I didn't, I don't know what I did. I wasn't in the right mood or I didn't yeah. know. I don't know what. I was crazy because this movie is like hilarious every fucking couple minutes. It is a minutes. joke yeah. machine. Uh, directed and written by uh, J. I was going to say J. J. Abrams. <laughs> uh, Jim Abraham, a- Abrams and Abrams, uh, yeah. Zucker Brothers um, stars. A whole host of you got Robert Hayes, Julie Haggerty, who I just talked about recently in Lost in America, mm-hmm. uh, Peter Grave, Lloyd Bridges, who we talked about oh, last boy. episode. Uh, this is the funnier Lloyd Bridges. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leslie Nielsen, Nielsen is of course in the Robert Stack. Just mm-hmm. great cast. Um, Kareem Abdul Abdul Kareem, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> who's amazing. This, yeah, so Ma- good. maybe the best athlete performance. In any movie, mm, let's not get crazy. Have you seen Shaq? Shaq, uh, Shaq, Shaq Fu or Shazam? 
Yeah, Shaq Fu, I think, is the video yeah. game. That's crazy. <laughs> that guy has a video game. Uh, anyways, uh, there's not much to the story. It's kind of parroting, like, uh, I guess it's parroting. Everyone thinks it's parroting Airport, but I think it's actually parroting another film from the 50s called, what is it, Zero? Zero One or something. Uh, I watched some video, and it, if you actually look... All the dialogue and characters and scenes are like literally copied yeah. from that scene. I think I, it does parody airport a little I, bit. I don't think but it's supposed to be all of the, the yeah, disaster, the disaster yeah. movies from the um, 70s. But in this one, the lead, he's traumatized. He was, uh, I guess, in a war. Uh, he was a fighter pilot in a, in a war. This and has a great uh, scene with Julie Haggerty and him on the beach, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're making when out. The, uh, making out <laughs> and from then here the eternity, seaweed comes. Yeah. 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 But he's traumatized. He's afraid to fly, but he ends up on the plane because she's a flight attendant and he wants to deal with their relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also has a drinking problem, which is literally like when he goes to drink, he <laughs> slops the water and <laughs> the drinks in his face. <laughs> See, that is a great gag, oh, right? Oh, man, it's filled with them. Yeah. And then everyone on the plane becomes uh, sick. Uh, they get sick due to the uh, the in-flight meal, the fish meal, mm-hmm. um, including the pilots, and there's no one to pilot. Um yeah, I don't know, man. This film is just so fucking good. I love how like uh, the the um, the Hayes character, Ted Strikers, is uh, I think is his character name. He's always every he always gets into talking to people about like his relationship or whatever, or why he's afraid to fly um, with various people on the 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 plane. And it'll go into this flashback, and then like it cuts back, and the people like there's he, he starts off with some old woman. And like when he starts talking, she does this, like she kind of rolls his eyes, and then when the the, the flashback ends, she's hung herself. <laughs> and then someone else, like as he's telling it, he's fucking stabbing himself. Another guy is like dumping gasoline on himself. Like every time this guy gets in his flashback, it's so boring that these guys want to kill himself. So there's just like gag after mm-hmm. gag. Um, uh, I love, of course, the famous Peter Graves to the little kid. Hi, Joey. Have you ever uh, been in a cockpit before? <laughs> You ever seen a grown man naked, Joey? <laughs> you, you, you like gladiator movies? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you ever hang out in front of a gymnasium <laughs> or something like that, uh, Joey? Um, another, uh, another great moment, the two kids, and the, the kid comes, and he's delivering the coffee to the young woman, and he's all in his suit and stuff, and he's like, uh, he delivers her the coffee, and he's like, would you like some cream with that coffee? And she's like, no, thank you. I take it black, like my men. <laughs> and it's like these two, like, eight-year-old little kids. It's just a great guy. Yeah. Lloyd Bridges, the ongoing joke throughout the whole movie, where every, he's like, I oh, I sure picked the, yeah, the, wrong, the wrong week to quit smoking, and then he lights up a smoke, and then later on, it's like drinking. <laughs> then eventually, it's like sniffing, sniffing glue, glue and whatever else. Um, the, the automatic pilot that's like a blow up pilot and then but she has to blow him up by like it's around his penis area so like they come in and she looks like yeah. she's you know blowing him uh, I love the scene where uh, the, pa- the the passengers are freaking out and she's like I gotta get out of here and the flight attendant r- runs over and is like calm down and, and starts shaking her and Leslie Nielsen's like you go go to, go take care of her like, I got this and he's like calm down he starts really shaking and then someone else like comes in he's like slapping her calm down and then like you look and there's a there's a lineup of people waiting there's like a nine there's someone that's got like a wrench there yeah. and, and shit um boxing glo- giant boxing gloves um yeah I don't, I don't know man this this film is like i can just name this i'm so glad and every three seconds there is something visually or like yeah. oh or like leslie nielsen he's explaining to like oh you have nothing to worry about that everyone's fine and as he's telling this his nose is growing <laughs> Yeah, this it's hilarious. This film. Yeah, like I I hadn't seen it since I was like a little kid, and I, mm-hmm. I watched it maybe two, I think recently. Yeah, two yeah. summer uh, two. <laughs> I think it was two summers. Oh, was ago. it? Uh, yeah, I, th- I yeah. thought I looked on your letterbox. I thought it was like, last or maybe year it was last summer. I think, I think it was like last year. I, pandemic times. I don't yeah. know. Uh, time no longer matters. But yeah, I I was like 
just killing myself the whole it's time. It's weird. These jokes worked when I was like six, yeah. and they still work when yeah. I am like 40. Like, and there's other uh, uh, other levels to this. Did you watch this with either of your kids? No, I, I just by myself. I, I didn't know if any of it would be appropriate. There's probably yeah. some stuff. Yeah, that's <laughs> but I, I think you could watch this again, and you don't like really. Yeah, clock I, I don't. Yeah, I yeah. don't think there's too much there. Yeah, because even when they're walking through the airport, the uh, overhead announcements, they're arguing about abortion. I think isn't there is a scene though? Isn't there with like topless attendants? Oh, because the Jello's wiggling, and then like her tits are wiggling too. I, th- I don't know. I yeah. thought there was like one random nude scene, yeah. unless I'm getting mixed up with mm. something else. I don't know. I can't remember now. Yeah, because they're going through and it shows like the jello like mold like kind of jiggling. Then it kind of pans over and it's like a topless lady and they're kind uh, of jiggling okay. a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, th- this movie is great. I watched it when I was six. That's committed to memory, boys. Yeah. <laughs> See, this is what I love about movies and why I mm-hmm. fucking love buying movies because, you know, I might not have never watched this, but it's sitting on my shelf staring at me and mm-hmm. it's like, you, you watch it and it's like, I'm going to give that movie another shot and then mm-hmm. it blows you away. And then, you know, this has happened to me where I did complete 180s a couple of times, probably a handful of times, probably even like 10 times now. Yeah. Um, so I love when this does happen because now I have this comedy classic on In my your shelf. collection. Um, anyways, yeah, I'm going to go, I'm, I'm between eight and eight and a half. I'm not going to go as high as nine because there but was some. There, there's eh? some parts that like it's yeah. an eighties. It's doing the disaster thing. It's some of it kind of drags mm-hmm. at times. But yeah, this film is hilarious. I mean, and again, I think when I revisit it, it's going to jump up even, and maybe yeah. it will hit that nine um, for me. It, it's uh, it, it's great. It's it definitely like I was always a fan. It's weird. That's why I didn't. It's weird that I didn't enjoy because I've always been a fan of the Naked Gun movies. Yeah. Like I enjoy all three of them, even the third one, which is isn't great. not that great. Um, and I, I think this is the best out yeah, of all Yeah, I think this might actually, yeah, hit the jokes more frequently. Like I, I rewatched Naked Gun with Becky a year or two ago, yeah. or it could have been, who knows. Like Probably said, didn't. COVID time, who knows. No, it still worked for me, but I think there was longer stretches or some jokes that didn't fly, work as well. Mm-hmm. I find like almost every joke in this really lands. Like there wasn't too many of them. Mm-hmm. Like that Even the jive up. talk and stuff, what you're thinking like, yeah. I think that still works. Yeah, it's not, it's not. I don't think it's like, it's not necessary. Well, I it's guess, not the funniest stuff in the no. movie, but it's not like. Well, the best is one like the old one, isn't it? Uh, is it it's June Cleaver? Oh, isn't it June Cleaver? Yeah, from June, Leo yeah. she comes. Oh, I forget the actress's real name, but June yeah. Cleaver from Leo De Beaver, and she comes over and she's like, "It's okay, I know how I can talk this." And then she starts talking it, and then they kind of get in an argument. <laughs> yeah, this movie's great. That should not work, and no. it does. <laughs> can I just do one more quickly? Because yeah, yeah. it's another comedy. I've had comedy. fun with it. Yeah, go for I it. I don't have much to say about yeah. this one. I watched it from 1985. Girls just want to have fun. <laughs> Huh. I was trying to find Who's something this? that was on a streaming service. Um, so it's uh, it's named after the Sydney Loper yeah, Lopper, Lopper song, Lopper, yeah. which is funny though because that like they do that song, but it's not her version. Huh. They do a cover, and I I might like the cover better. It's like kind of like a bunch of teen girls all singing it together. Like you know, it's 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 a fun cover of it. Um, so this starts Sarah Jessica Parker, Helen Hunt. Um, I guess they attend a Catholic school. Uh, and then Parker has a strict kind of Navy dad, army dad. Um, but she wants to join. The whole thing is they, they're a big fan of this dance TV show where people just dance, I guess. I, we had something similar on Much Music. What was that called? Electric Circus. Electric uh, Circus. I'm sure there was something probably. I think it's solid States. gold. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, they want to, uh, they're going to, they're going to do a contest and you can win to become a new dancer on the show. So she wants to do it against, Did of course, her, nude or new? New. Okay. Yeah, it sounded like nude to yeah. me as well. <laughs> and like, then nude. you made this solid <laughs> gold <laughs> reference. Which... No, no, no. In the 70s, there was a thing called Solid Gold and they actually had like a dance party. I think oh, Solid Gold was, like was a strip joint. It is. It is, but oh, Solid okay. Gold was actually like a. Uh, uh, That's why he said nude because you 
said yeah, yeah. solid gold. I, okay, I might have <laughs> fucked this guy. <laughs> yeah, now I got titties on the mind. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, of course, this is against her dad's wish. It's kind of the standard plot. Uh, Lee Montgomery, who I didn't realize and I looked up, I guess he he's the the, the teen, uh, you know, romance and the, the, the hot dude in the movie. But he was the kid in uh, Burnt Offerings. That the, oh. uh Fucking what's his name tries to drown uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oliver Reed. Oliver Reed, and he was also I didn't realize he's the kid also in the Dead at Night anthology, the Bobby segment. Yeah. You know they want the create the killer yeah. kid. Uh, so he's the romance in this. Uh, Jonathan Silverman's his buddy in this from Waking Up Bernie's, and then you also have a really young the single sh- guy. You mean? Yeah. <laughs> what um, a reference. And you also have a young Shannon uh, Dodery oh. uh, as she's the younger sister in this. So I don't know. It's kind of fun. It has. It's, it follows the, the standard tropes. You have the mm. spoiled rich girl who wants to win the contest, so she's going to cheat and use her dad's money to screw them over. Um, it, and it's like the typical, you know, that the partners aren't going to work out and they're going to fight, mm. but in the end, they're going to overcome their. You know the odds and win the dance contest. Of course, um, it whatever. It's it it's fine. I didn't hate it. I yeah. enjoy. I, I enjoyed it enough. Like I was never bored. It's like a teen romp, kind of from the female perspective. I had fun with it. I, but what I'm going to give an extra star. There's a song at the end which I fucking love. It's very underrated. One, in my opinion, one of the catchiest '80s songs called. Um, Dancing in Heaven, Orbital Bebop by Q Fuel. Have you guys heard? Do you guys <laughs> no. know this song? No. Check out this song. I think I All heard right. about it. Like, I don't know how I found out about it. And I guess, like, yeah, I don't. I, I honestly think it's one of the most I catchiest 80s tunes ever. I'll check it out. And then instead of the trailer for Once Upon a Time, he plays that song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about it. But no, I mean, it's not a rock tune, it's a pop yeah. song, but yeah. it's super. But, anyways, they play that during, like, the. the you know, when they're doing the dance competition yeah. and all the teams are doing it, so they play that, like, throughout most of it. But, yeah, that song fucking is awesome. I'm going to go six, six and a half. Like, for, again, I'm kind of judging it. I think if, you know, maybe you're a female, you get, might get a little bit more, relate more to it. Helen Hunt's kind of fun. Like, I didn't know Helen Hunt was around in the 80s. Mm-hmm. She's kind of like the, um, you know, she's always, like, the goofy one and always getting in trouble at the Catholic school, and she's got a funky look to her all the time. And mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just, like, it's just teen girls having fun and... Because they just want to have they fun. Just wanna, they just want to <laughs> have, have fun. They just really, really want to. <laughs> That's all they um, really want. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, what do you guys got? I watched, uh, speaking of like awesome like end numbers, have you guys seen Tough Turf? No. It's James Bader, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, it's pretty much this uh, new kid going to this uh, scary school exploitation movie. Do you guys remember the scary school exploitations? Like class of 1984. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. I, I love you some. So this uh, young waspy kid, his family I think follows. James Bader usually does all those, but he's usually the villain. Yeah, exactly. Isn't he the hero in this one? He is oh, a hero okay. in this, oh. which is so weird. So this uh, waspy kid, his family falls on hard times, so they move out to, uh, I guess, California from Connecticut. I know. So his father has to find He's studying for his law exam Because he's a lawyer in Connecticut But he has to study in California He's driving a taxi It doesn't really matter Uh, (laughs) It's a rich fucking town too Yeah, yeah, yeah So uh, he goes in He's like the new loner But there's like this gang And he kind of uh, stops his burglary from happening The gang kind of targets him And ruins his bike So he's like Okay, I'll show you guys. So, like, he uh, kind of falls for this girl, like the uh, the, the leader of the gang's girl. So He's played by Robert Downey Jr. No, no, that's the uh, his fellow that they kind of make friends with. He's like, here's a switchblade, oh. man. You're gonna need this. So it's him kind of fighting off these guys and like outsmarting them. It's another eighty-five. Uh, one, eighty-five. Right? You got it. Yeah. Uh, it happens. He sets them up so they end up going to jail for a couple of months, or what have you. During this time, they do like a Ferris Bueller-esque thing, like him the. Uh, Gang fellas, girl, and Robbie Downer Jr. and the uh, other girl. So they go to this uh, country club where they kind of uh, um, t- 
talk their way in and like, hey, I used to be a country guy. I know how to get things for free. So they go right. in and make like an ass themselves, like Ronnie Field, Dangerfield, and like uh, Ferris Bueller. And then this fella gets out of jail. And they kind of have this uh, weird showdown. It is such a janky movie, the way I'm talking <laughs> about it. It is so weird because it has these it like, sounds, almost uh, like Saved by the Bell-esque moments where they're yeah. uh, going to these dance clubs and dancing to these great numbers by uh, Jim Carroll, uh, the fellow who wrote Basketball Diaries. I don't know if you know this guy. Uh, no. Anyways, uh, they go to a bar. Robert Downey Jr. is a drummer for that. So there's like these numbers placed in this weird movie. And there's this band called Jimmy Mac and the Heart Attack. Like oh, I was hoping you were going to say the Jimmy band. Diamond band. No, no. Huh. So they're playing these weird like funk songs. They're all like dancing to them. And then there's this weird scene where his dad gets shot. This movie is a mess. I had a kind of fun with it, but like... <laughs> Kino put it on a Blu-ray. I've almost it's, picked it's, it up a couple times. It's a weird one because the tone never gets too terrifying. It doesn't get too lighthearted. Just kind of... You're on edge constantly. I don't know, man. It's hard to judge this because it's such a weird, janky movie. So I'm giving it 6.5.5 because of all the numbers. At the end of the movie, they go back and see Jimmy Mack and the Heart Attack, and they're playing this song called Tough Turf. like, T-U-F-F Turf. <laughs> and they're playing this like horn solo, and they're all like pretending to do the horns and dancing yeah. during the credits. All right. <laughs> nice. Uh, Adam? Uh, so uh, 85 for me, and and kind of on the similar thread, I watched Weird Science. Mm, okay. This is the John Hughes yeah. uh, movie. Frankenstein movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so basically this is the movie where these two nerdy kids, one's played by Anthony Michael Hall, the other one's played by Who the Fuck Cares. Uh, they, they're, they're, you know, bullied and girls don't care about them and... You know they're tr- they they don't understand women. They're incels. Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's not so far retro off. incels. We call and, them. And so basically, they make this computer program that can create a woman, and then there's some supernatural, almost monster movie esque thing. And actually, probably my favorite scenes in the movie are both of the montages. Uh, the first one when they create. You know something, and there's who, another. Who one. is the? Uh, it's uh, Seagal's. Uh, Kelly LeBrock, right? LeBrock yeah. plays the perfect woman that they create a, a, out of this computer program slash mystical whatever. Kelly LeBrock is actually quite good in this. She makes a role that should be like fucking total cringe into like something that's real and funny. Unfortunately, like Anthony Michael Hall is gone from being like the best part of a, a couple John Hughes mu- movies, and Sixteen Candles, and then Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. You know, both great. He now knows he's great. Aha! Uh-huh. And got you a can, bit too cocky. You can tell him. So we just talked about an airplane where they do the jive talking scene. Well, mm-hmm. Anthony Michael Hall gets his own jive talking scene in this movie. Ooh. Jazz talking, we'll call it. <laughs> It is some of the worst shit I've seen on on. But he's on supposed film. to be a nerd trying to be cool, isn't he? No. Oh. In this scene, he's just now cool. Okay. They're all talking oh, to him he, like he's, he gets like Stefan Urkel. They, yeah, they go. They don't go to Kelly LeBrock takes him to this blues club, and then they're hanging out with all these old black men, and he starts talking like an old black man, and then he Ooh. starts doing it in the car. But he's he's mugging so fucking hard once he's in this car. I wanted to grab him out of the, and just like fucking kill him. It, it, it it's so bad. It's one of the worst scenes. This the thing in the club is like innocuous, whatever. But that scene, in the car, total garbage. The problem is the two leads 
are garbage in this. Like the one guy's nobody did nothing. He's not. Mm. He's like a charismatic zero. And Anthony Michael Hall, who I previously liked as a teenager, is not not so much good at, as well. You get Bill Paxton as the brother, who's like this army dude, who's like super fucking. Oh, Paxton. He hates uh, like. Computers. Like his brother and all this stuff, and he's bu- a bully and whatever. And there's some okay stuff with him, but even th- you see Bill pa- Paxson play that obnoxious role better in other movies, I think. Um, Did he turn off his video game and it said game over, man, game over? I no. wish, wish uh, that had happened. Uh, uh, that would have made the movie better. <laughs> and overall, like we watched a bunch of these um, in, in 2020, all of these coming-of-age movies, and, and Weird Science, I got right at the tail end of it, the Arrow... Like, yeah, I I haven't seen this one. I've been I'm gonna, I'm gonna I saw this it. one as a kid, and I, I like I know some our buddy Cameron. This was like his one of his favorite films, I believe. He's a computer guy, though. Yeah. So. <laughs> I assume that he thought it was a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if um, it, it's pretty cringe. The whole movie, it's like, got a big like it had a TV show. Um, I watched the TV it. show yeah. as a kid. I think it was like, was it Canadian? Oh, wow. Uh, was it Canadian? I don't know. I don't it felt know. Canadian. Yeah, <laughs> it was on YTV. Yeah. Um, but the song is amazing. Weird science. Yeah, yeah. It's it's incredible. That song by I think it's Oingo Boingo. So it's Dan, Danny Elfman Open. again. It is the best part of the whole fucking movie. Wow. Um, Look at us doing the musical numbers this week, eh? Yeah, yeah. It's not even close. I'm gonna give it. I think I'm gonna give it five. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. That's crazy. You're not a John Hughes guy, man. You're 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 half and half. Yeah, like I think I, I thought I was a John Hughes guy no. if you'd asked me before. Okay, when you get into the nooks and crannies, of I feel it. like his dialogue is is often not like everyone's like, oh, John Hughes, he was this like mastermind that would go in and yeah. fix people's scripts. Well, you like fix Beethoven, like like yeah. it, it didn't make fix good. Beethoven movies. was a good family movie, man. <laughs> I loved that movie as a kid. <laughs> yeah, like I I, I can't imagine better had, had Charles better Grodin. than any. Yeah. Uh, had, it was better than it had any right to be. But I think he fixed maybe the second or third one too. Like, yeah. it, like he was a this script doctor that I don't know if he was totally warranted. Uh, but, but I think he kind of changed the teen, the teen movie. I just think I thought about I'm watching this. I was like, I, I would I want to watch um, this or would I want to watch something that I didn't even like, like The Edge of Seventeen. Yeah. I, totally the edge of 17 i think that's a way better movie um i i feel like it, a lot of his stuff feels dated and i i i like the cameron crow stuff from the 80s overall better mm-hmm. well he only did the one right what else did he do T- fast times yeah that's just the one though oh say anything oh that's okay wait did he do he, he directed that he didn't direct uh fast Times. no right? no that that's was amy hecker he wrote he wrote, he wrote yeah, that okay. movie so like uh, just his voice, like you can hear the camera. I think I think they're voice. different though. Like Fast Times definitely had. Well, Fast Times is like that weird where it has like those goofy moments, like Sean Penn, but then it, it's more of like almost like a dramedy. Like it goes into some really moments, like with the abortion. It, it, like, it's not slow times; it's fast times, man. Yeah, yeah like there's some Whereas jokers. Like, there's some John uh, Hughes. Yeah. I mean, Ferris Bueller, Weird Science. I feel like they're more kind of goofy. Like, I, I, so this is the Bailers. Uh, so I I liked Ferris Bueller a mm-hmm. lot. Rewatching that would be my number one now. And I liked Breakfast Club, but I didn't like it as much. Breakfast Club, I I uh, mm-hmm. like fell off a little bit. Yeah, fell off a little bit to me, and it was mostly because of the dialogue. I mm-hmm. felt like. The dialogue between the teens just didn't feel believable. It felt like a man writing dialogue for mm-hmm. kids. 
where Cameron Crowe's dialogue feels like well, he probably was a kid at this point when he was writing it, though, right? Like, I, I think he's like yeah. early twenties when yeah. he's making these these sort of things. Yes, and, that makes sense. Um, yeah, John Hughes seems like a total weirdo man writing dialogue for teen normies or something. Yeah. Like, there's something about it. So Weird Science is the worst, I think, hmm. of all of them. But Sixteen Candles and Pretty Pink weren't that far off for me. Ooh. Ferris yeah. Bueller is fucking amazing. Uh, mm-hmm. Like, I love that still. And I, I loved, I love Planes, Trains. Like, I, I think- Home Alone. Yeah, which he, yeah, he, again, I, I think, I give Christopher Columbus more credit there because, again, it's not a dialogue-driven movie mm-hmm. for the most part. Mm-hmm. And, and John Candy, I think, improvised a lot of- Dialogue? His dialogue, <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool. What well, else do you watch, buddy? Yeah, I'll have to watch that and see- um, yeah, I'll be curious. Like, I, yeah, to be honest, like I, I love I love him from those movies. I actually Pretty in Pink, Sixteen Candles. I feel like I've saw but haven't actually like sat down and watched. And Weird Science, I haven't seen. So who knows? I, I feel I've either. never actually sat down purposely to watch a Hughes movie. It's always been like, hey, it's on TV. Like, on TV, eh, yeah. I'll watch it. Like even Breakfast mm-hmm. Club was. Yeah. I, I saw a million times. Mm-hmm. I think I'd only TBS on yeah. TBS every single day. Sometimes <laughs> multiple times yeah. a day. I remember seeing it. The only time was like I woke up and couldn't sleep, and it was on at eight a.m. and I caught the beginning of the movie. I'd never seen the beginning of the yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't even know how they get into this Breakfast Club. But it, that's how he yeah. was a classic, and I can see how his mo- movies work as vignettes. Because honestly, the second montage in Weird Science where they do the f- like the whole like oh this oh shit we're yeah. the computer thing's happening we're gonna get this crazy thing again. It's amazing. It's incredible. Um, just can't recommend it anything else. <laughs> cool. Um, I'll follow it up with uh, another 1985 movie. We're watching a lot of 85 movies for our best of coming up. Uh, House. Oh, oh, yeah. So this is a movie I don't think we covered on this podcast. I feel like it was our it last was, podcast, yeah, right? It was, yeah. I think it's on this podcast. Is it? Yeah. Okay, so maybe we uh. did cover this. I, I was excited to watch these films. Didn't We covered the whole series, and I think I loved like part Three is that the whorehouse? Something like that. The, the one was like Lance not Hendrickson? even supposed to be a house. Yeah. I think they changed it after the yeah. fact. I didn't love these films. Like part four was awful. Mm-hmm. Part two was like really weird and childish. And part one, I was like had elements, but so I wanted to revisit this Still one to a bit see weird. if it changed. So directed by Steve Miner, who I did uh, one, my Friday Thirteenth part, part two, my favorite or one of my favorite mm. of the three. Um, and part and, three, and which three. I don't like yeah. as much. Hmm. Um, story by Fred Decker from fucking Monster yes. Squad, Night of the Creeps fame, and then produced by Sean um, Cunningham, who uh, yeah. did Friday 13th. Uh, stars William Catt, uh, Greatest American Hero. Everyone knows him from that, I guess. George Went, of course, of Cheers fame, and Richard Mole of Night Court fame. So it's got a fun yeah. little cast there of kind of sitcom. Bill Maher is in this stars. as well, right? He? Maybe he's in the second one. I, th- I think that's the second. Uh. Um. Anyways, the story is Richard uh, Cat is uh, sorry Roger Cobb. He's this uh, famous author. Uh, he inherits his aunt's house after she dies. Like it opens up, some kids delivering mail or something, and sees the body hanging there. Anyways, doesn't matter. The son, uh, sorry, he inherits his home. Um, this is a home where years previously his son mysteriously disappeared. He was playing in the pool. Next thing you know, he's gone. Um, and you know that kind of had an effect. Him and his wife mm-hmm. split up after that, and hasn't fully recovered from that. Anyways, he's going to he decides I'm going to go move into this house for quiet and isolation and work try on to my novel. work on this novel that I've been The Great impo- American Novel. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what well, kind of it's about his uh, time in Viet- the Vietnam War, I guess. Uh he's uh, he's I think he's normally known for like 
horror books yeah. or something maybe is what the impression i believe and horror this books. Is, he's gonna do yeah. like an actual <laughs> you know m- novel that it actually means something to him um once there just to be the noisy neighbor that's constantly you know for comedy relief jumping in there once in a while um and then yeah so it's like it's him writing this story and you're getting flashbacks to him in vietnam which i kind of mm-hmm. don't like i i hate when movies do war sequences and I, they don't have the budget to let do me it ask and it you looks a question. cheap what was better this or the alien um airplane flashbacks because i remember them being kind of similar well airplane i think it's it's fine because it's cheesy i think oh, this, no I, I get that i yeah. them too like they kind of have the same vein yeah in my this, this memory. i just find it just feels cheap and i always yeah. find this sometimes on shows too they'll do like a war and like they don't have the budget to do it just looks cheap it looks like a cheap mm-hmm. set and anyways it's just uh, Vietnam flashbacks. Richard um, uh, Mole, sorry, was one of the, the soldiers there he's friends with. Is that Bull? Bull, yeah. Mm-hmm. He gets captured and tortured and blames Cat uh, uh, because, well, he's never seen again, but he, he he's yelling, like, oh, I'll get my revenge or whatever bullshit. Anyways, you're getting so, those uh, flashbacks. This isn't Jacob's Ladder. No. <laughs> you're getting flashbacks, and then in between that, weird supernatural stuff is happening. Like, at, at every time, I think it's like midnight- um, he opens his closet and this fucking monster creature comes out, which looks cool. I mean, it looks like a cheap monster creature, but it yeah. looks cool. Uh, th- there's another scene where like all the um, garden tours are coming to life and they're floating around chasing him through the house. He has like this giant like stingray fish or whatever. I don't know anything about fish, but whatever it is, comes to life and it's trying to get him on the wall. Like there's there's fun stuff like that. Again, I think George Wendt is kind of fun in it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The tone kind of, throws you off i i feel like i don't i don't know is george went better in this or jungle to jungle <laughs> probably jungle to jungle I'm like he's in jungle to jungle right yeah that's i i don't know I, I don't know I, i've seen that that was movie, fletch wasn't but... it was he in fletch oh he is in fletch oh yeah he's also in fletch so are they maybe buddies friends, maybe maybe um yeah, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it more this time around. I, I but, find the tones uh, really weird. It's like jokey, but like trying to be scary at the same time. Well, like, you're kind of dealing with this guy mm. that lost his child, but then which is instantly hilarious. Yeah, yeah, it's but, too jokey for me. <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 we it's a it's a weird film. Like the flashback mm. Vietnam stuff is supposed to be serious, but they feel so cheap. And you have like Richard Mole, you can't take seriously. Yeah. Um, See Richard Mole. I thought he was Mole Mole, like Guaca. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, anyways, I don't know much more to say. I'm going to give it six and a half. I think I liked it a little bit more this time around. Like, there's mm. there's fun stuff. There's fun to be this had. This is one. This is one of the 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 final. I think three or four. I think I've got four horror movies that I'm like, I have to check out. Maybe I'll. And now yeah. I don't know if I'm. Doing I think. Well, that. again, I think 85 has like a handful of really great movies, and it's like when we do our list, those are probably going to be for sure be in the top ten. But when it comes to like the final spots. You know, there's like there's pick? there's a bunch of films that like could make it, I guess, that mm. are pretty good but not great. I thought this might bit a jump in. I don't know. It, yeah, I don't know. I guess it, it depends. That if one. There's... I haven't seen Life Force. I haven't seen Silver Bullet, and I haven't seen Ghoulies, which right Ooh. now I think is. Yeah. Yeah. Ghoulies probably the weakest of the bunch, at least for me. But um, yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna revisit those as well. I haven't seen those in a long time. Life Force is pretty much the whole movie is just a hot naked woman going around. <laughs> Walking around nude the whole movie. It's Toby Hooper, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it's just her completely nude the whole movie walking around killing people. <laughs> it's, yeah. just, it's just weird. Like, what a... Nine out of ten. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I watched a, a, horror, a horror movie from 85, uh, Phenomena. Which I, Phenomena? I also watched. Yeah, you watched that as well, the Argento, right? Yeah. So it's pretty much uh, Jennifer Connelly 
teaming up with bugs to solve this uh, serial killer murderer is what's going on. Yeah. And if it sounds crazy, you're absolutely right. It is. She pretty much can communicate with locusts, flies. Any uh, insect. Uh, she finds out her powers because she uh, somehow falls afoul of uh, Donald Pleasance, who is wheelchair-bound. Don't count him out just yet. He has a helper monkey to like pick up his tools. And the his monkey scientist. is f- fantastic in this movie, even yeah. though I guess he actually terrorized Jennifer Connelly. Of course. <laughs> like there's a scene at the end of the movie yeah. where they're hugging. And I guess when they were doing that, the monkey like looks over and we don't see what happens next, yeah. which is the monkey actually bites her fucking finger off. Oh, get out! Like a wow. part, like a part of her finger. Oh, that's she had to crazy. go to the hospital. Wow, that's, and she is so uh, young in this movie, but she can act. Yeah, like, I thought you were gonna say, but she's really hot. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, yeah. You said this about Labyrinth yeah. the last week, which that, is that, that only year. Labyrinth, Labyrinth. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like I grew yeah. up. To me, like yeah, that was like yeah. I mean, I was. I think yeah. I'm young. Yeah, I am crush. obviously younger yeah. than her. But I remember, yeah, she was like the. Yeah. I wish you had her as your babysitter. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like. The dialogue uh, is not good. It's not, not good. <laughs> but Donald Pleasant is having so much fun with it. Like they have what they called like uh, the tomb ants or like a sarcophagus. Sarcophagus. So like they have to find these. Like they only feast on human yeah. flesh. So she has to find out. These bugs go crazy to find the serial killer. Yeah, this I love movie- that scene. She draw. She's going through. It's in Switzerland. Yep. And she's going through the hills. And we've already seen. There's an opening scene. So we kind of know where she's going. This opening scene is kind of cool. This one. Yeah. Yeah. young lady misses her bus so she kind of goes to this house and it's weird because uh, the chains are kind of on the walls but they're off yeah so then someone starts chasing her through you don't the, know who uh, it is yeah woods this uh, awesome waterfall there's the, a great score in this too isn't yeah it? it's, uh, it's it's odd because it's sometimes it's great then sometimes it's this weird van halen rock so you no know, so it goes you you get this goblin score yeah and then you get iron maiden yeah, Motorhead. So, some so this random, is when they're adding the. Uh, yeah. it, it, it makes no sense. These like uh, rock and roll. Like 80s. some of them, the, the the Motorhead song worked. Uh, it's like a speed metal kind mm. of song, and it's like going crazy. It kind of fits what Goblin's already got but going. But when she's going to this abandoned house, and there's like this, like yeah, this sounds like Van Halen, like uh, I think 80s. It's, I think it's it's Iron Maiden. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't work. I didn't. I remember not loving that. I actually just. This just came in today in the mail, uh, yeah. the 4K I ordered, so that's why Ooh. I didn't get the chance to watch it. I'm going to throw it on. It almost feels week. like a weird greatest hits 80s I remember it being bottom tier for me, like not including his new ship. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of his yeah, like yeah. 80s prime stuff, I remember mm. this being near I think the this is the transition me. where he starts trying to make things a, a little too seems, hip. Yeah, this seems a little too pop culture or something. Uh, but like, there's still the moments that are that are scattered. They are gentle she moments. She moves into the school where she is getting bullied by now, all these other girls. Now, what is with him and when he the girls get into the school and how they bully him? It's like yeah. they the girls see her in the hall and they're like, they're making like. Are you being serious? Because that's what they do in Suspiria. That's exactly. No, this is this is a little bit different. It's not. It's not the exact same because they're not being snakes. They're being insects this time. I don't. Yeah, that's our gentle thing. I think yeah. that's what he thinks. His, Americans his, are like. his wife at the time, uh, Dario uh, Nicolodi. Nicolodi. She's in this movie mm-hmm. uh, as as one of the, the leads. Nurse, nurse Ratchet, essentially, right? Like, nurse Ratchet. Yeah. There's a guy that played. Do you remember the show, The Pretender? No. Uh, it it had John Grease in it as well, and it was The Pretender. It was this 
genius guy that could pretend to be anybody. <laughs> and, and 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 the the detective in this was like the the doctor on that show. And I was like, I know this guy. What are those? Pretender. I watched the this Pretender show that was probably on CBS in nineteen ninety five. Like Saturday nights. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was probably like a Saturday night or Friday night show that nobody fucking watched. Um, so there's some gruesome stuff. Yeah, even the ending. I'm like, oh, I was caught off guard by a lot of it. So. I, I still thought it was, uh, uh, there's... It's messy. It's messy. It's a little more clunky than you get in mm-hmm. Snob Ray or, like, or even, in, you know, Inferno. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not uh, Deep Red or Suspiria. No, like, no. you're not even, or, or or even Crystal Plumage. You're not getting even close to that. I wasn't so. bored, though. Like No, neither was I. I'm going to give it seven? seven. I was thinking the same thing. Cool. Um, I, I guess I'll keep with 85. Yeah. No! <laughs> I, I watched a movie that may be a, close to a perfect film. Oh, Goonies? The Goonies. Oh, ah. yeah. Like, for children's film, does it film, family films, does it, it get any better? So this is that? interesting. Like, so I watched The Goonies a few years ago, felt the exact same, started reading on the internet. internet. People fucking hate this movie. No, Ooh. it has a huge fucking column. It, no, but like anybody that's not, I think, I think because people are just like mad that it has this huge following. I, I like, think it's anybody that's a little bit older, like people that are ten years older than us, hate this movie, and it, universally, anybody that I followed that was the same age or like five huh. years on either side really likes this movie. Anybody that's a little bit older, anybody. Hates this fucking movie. It was crazy, crazy to me. Hmm. Well, yeah, it. I don't know. It, it's got a huge like. Every year, this movie gets a new special. Yeah, edition and, and people all and, go to it. Like, or, it, it's yeah, a, they go to Astoria for it, the tour, the Goondocks mm-hmm. tour. I, again, like, I, it, I'm not. I, I was shocked at. I thought this. Was, I think it's one of those things where anything that's like popular, you're gonna have a huge. But Back to okay, the Future he, doesn't have that, right? Back to the Future, ha- like everybody just fucking seems yeah. to love. But I mean, look at Avatar, look at Marvel films, look at you know. Those are bad movies. Well, <laughs> like to, yeah, like to, or yeah. like mediocre movies. Yeah. But I mean, even so, like you have people that are passionately hate them. Like I don't fucking care about Avatar, but I don't passionately but mo- hate it. Mo- most of the reviews were like. What am I missing? Like I don't. I, I, yeah. Like I remember just started reading them because I was like, "What is mm. fucking wrong with these people?" So I I didn't know if like oh, yeah I've never heard of that. Yeah, ha- had this. It was like oh, one it's like, it's after, that yeah. weird like Gen X like nihilistic like generation. It was, it was Gen X people. Yeah. It was people born. It seemed like between the ages of like well maybe because their house didn't, didn't and get like rescued by like gold. They actually got yeah. like foreclosed on. They're like, this is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. Anyways, I love yeah. this movie as so, well. So yeah, it produced by Spielberg, uh, written by Chris Columbus, directed by Richard Donner. Like, look at that fucking mm. Mount Rushmore right there of like eighties, you know, yeah. talent. Um, Star Sean Astin, Josh Brolin, Corey Feldman, Carrie Green, Martha Plimpton, and Kuhu Kwan. Uh, and then the villains, you got Joey Pants, uh, Robert. How do you pronounce this? Davy or da- Davy? That he was fucking the villain and everything. Yeah, he was the, he was the villain, the evil villain in the Bond movie. Uh, and then Anne Ramsey, yeah, who I'm, I thought had a bigger career, but I guess she only did like a handful of movies. Like, because she did this and then throw him off the train, which yeah. she was like nominated. And then did she? She died young. Though. I think was she died Scrooge? like a couple years later, right? Yeah, she is in Scrooge. Yeah, she's in Scrooge. A bit yeah. part. Like again, I think yeah, she's one of the. I think the she did a bunch of things, people. but they're all like 
the you know, any. they were like uncredited or like you know yeah. cam like one quick scene again like thing. things we would have all watched yeah. where it's like oh yeah. this person like I often find that like 80s or 90s character actors where you're like oh these people did a ton everything of oh they just did the four movies I watched yeah. 16 times it's just, in a she's row. so good in this yeah. and, and throw mama from the train though oh and you stupid poop yeah <laughs> she's just like such a good evil evil old woman but yeah anyways if you don't know the plot I'm sure everyone does these kids, their town is going to be turned into a country club, um, and uh, they're, the the one the Sean Aston's dad, Josh Mullen's father, works for a museum. He has a bunch of stuff up in his attic, and they're like, you know what? Let's go check that out. We got nothing to go uh, do tomorrow. You know, the, our house is going to be gone. This town's going to be gone, and they find like this old map to One-Eyed Willie's treasure, and like this is our one chance, you know, to to save uh, the Goondocks. Uh, so they go on this adventure, and uh, it's just. A fucking blast. I just love that, like, you have all that stuff, but it never feels too... Chi- like, I can watch as an adult, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's nostalgia, but I also think it never goes too cheesy childish. Like, a lot of Now, did you watch this one films. with your kids at all? Yeah, he was kind of there. He was kind of... End up doing something else. He, yeah, he just, he's he's a person like I'll watch a film, but I'm gonna fucking build Lego while it's going yeah, on. Right. You know, I got too much in my head to create that I don't yeah. have time to watch a movie. But no, I think he he mostly enjoyed, enjoyed. I think he's seen a lot of it before. But like, yeah, it has like dark elements. Like again, the villains like it opens up oh. with the villain pretending he's hanging himself. Yeah, and then they fucking chunk gets locked in a freezer with a dead corpse yeah. that has a bullet through his head. Oh, like, yeah. They're, some, they're, they're kind of scary villains. And then they're holding the chunk's hand like, in, the, in, the, uh, in the blender. Yeah. They're gonna... like, But it, but then it has, like... Again, the kitty stuff never feels too kitty. It kind of, like, feels... The dialogue is kind of fun and you can enjoy it as an adult. Like, the way mm-hmm. they, they fuck with each other and... I, it's just... I don't know, man. This is just a fun film. And then the adventure side... I think it's side, the perfect, like, Sunday yeah. morning yeah. Uh, uh, fl- uh, movie. Like, that's... Uh, First time I got Hannah High, we watched this, actually. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it was a perfect, like, getting stoned and watch movie. It just hasn't, like, who doesn't want to go on that adventure and the traps and all working together and Goonies mm. never say die and, like, I don't know. It's just, it's... And, and, and um... Uh, d- data with all his like gadgets mm. and like you yeah, everyone wish you had the friend with the gadgets yeah, exactly. and had the thing that shoots out and jumps and even when they're down the well and they're yelling up to the yeah. people on the street like yeah, all these awesome. things are, yeah. are awesome and yeah, and Sloth I, is fucking. He looks like the makeup looks cool on him mm. and he's a, he's a fun character and and the 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 the, the, the the, I don't want to say romance, but the um the relationship between him and Chunk is like fucking sweet. Like at yeah. the end, and yeah, man, it, it's great. And they're sharing the chocolate. Mm-hmm. Oh, you you wanted the baby. You're even hungrier than I am when he strips <laughs> the chains to get the baby. I don't know. Like I I can't find any complaints about this film. Again, I'm watching it knowing that it's a family movie, but even yeah. as an adult, like I it just, works. I had fun and the score is great like I think it's it's well directed it looks good it never looks cheap mm-hmm. and I think all the yeah, actors this like, movie plays, does not look cheap at all all the kids like, play yeah. so well together and like they're all they all they they're all memorable like yeah, yeah and they're all memorable like everyone has that trait you know I mean Corey mm-hmm. Feldman's mouth he's the guy that's always talking and yeah. getting into trouble uh Chunk is obviously the you see Corey yeah. Feldman make a, a, lot. a giant like we just watched him in, in Friday the 13th where yeah. he's He's like not great yet in that, right? No. Like he's he feels like definitely like another kid actor where you'd yeah. be like, oh, well, yeah. he's a kid actor. I'm gonna come. 
it, by the time he's in Goonies, he's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I bet you, I mean, he's probably a little shit in real life. I think I heard at the time yeah. <laughs> during these movies on set and stuff. And that's, you know, it works for this character, though, where he is mm-hmm. kind of supposed to be the shit disturber. And, and even the stuff with the maid, and uh, they're like, does anyone speak Spanish? And they get oh. Corey Feldman, and he's fucking <laughs> telling her, her, like, yeah, fucking with her, like, this is where the cocaine goes. And <laughs> and uh, talking about how, like, all this, like, terrible, terrible stuff. Yeah, if you don't do well, we're going to log in the closet. Like, he's just such a little mm-hmm. shit. Everyone had that friend, right? Yeah. Like uh, I know you're looking at me, but I, <laughs> I was. I actually, I was a little shit when I was a kid, but yeah. not that bad. But um, yeah. Anyways, I'm gonna go nine out of ten for this one. Ooh, this uh, yeah, it's a big one. It's again, this you, is right? like how do I rank these yeah. 85 movies? Because it's a little family movie, but it's fucking great for what it's trying mm-hmm. to do, right? So, um, I, I guess I'll jump in with one more. Uh, not 1985. I watched The Mask of Zorro from 1998. Picked up in 4K. This is kind of one I've just been With wanting Catherine to Jones? revisit. Yeah, this is like the one that Tony put her on the Banders, map. Yeah. Tony Banderas. And Anthony Hopkins is great in it. Uh, directed by Martin Campbell, who I think is hmm. usually pretty. Good. Really? Yeah, I think. I Like, he's okay. Goldeneye, Casino Royale. Um, He did the Mel Gibson one. What is it called? Edge of Dar- Darkness, which is pretty fucking great. I underrated. always find like he's he's a, like... Uh, I think for Holly, Hollywood for hire. Yeah. But for, I, I don't know. I think his action scenes are you, I thought he did Quantum Solace. No. No? No, he's only done... He did Goldeneye Casino Royale. That, those are the only two? And he's done... Yeah, what else? He, he did Edge of Darkness. He did this, which I think is great. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I looked at his filmography and I think from the ones that I've seen of him have all been pretty great. Um, I think like, yeah, action scenes is some of the best. I remember looking at his stuff recently. And I mean, Goldeneye is yeah. one of my favorite Bond movies of all time. Um, anyways, uh, this film is super fucking fun and, and, uh, opens up, you have the original Zorro played by Banderas. He's taking on the corrupt governor. Um, he saves a day and he goes home and, but the government governor shows up at his house. He's found out who he knows who Zorro is. And it, it's kind of like a fucking dark and shocking, oh, depressing really? beginning. So they, the, the, the wife accidentally gets shot and killed. He gets locked up for like 20 years <laughs> Huh. And they take his daughter, his baby daughter, away, uh, and the guy, the governor is going to raise her as if uh, and tell her that like she's not going to know it's a baby. She's like one yeah. or two that uh, he's the father. So and that's huh. like like what a way to open yeah. up the Zorro movie, man. The original Zorro just has this whole fucking. Uh, it was originally life it was originally called Sorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Nice, the master. Thank you, thank you. But anyways, and then so then we we cut away. You get a cool little scene where he escapes the prison, which is a lot of fun. Um, you know, switches himself with a dead body, um, and then you have Banderas. He's kind of like I guess he was like a kid at the beginning um, with Zoro and Zoro. Like they, they he helped Zoro uh, with mm-hmm. the soldiers, so he gives him the necklace. So him and his brother are now they're adults and they're bandits, and uh, the, the, they get caught in the kind of the right hand man, I guess, for the governor. This evil. Dude, I don't know who the actor is, but he does a great job in this being the, the mm-hmm. evil villain. Uh, kills his brother in front of him, and he, he chops off his fucking head. Oh wow, this is getting really. <laughs> Which, uh, you don't see that happen. Yeah. That like you, you kind of like you, you know, know what's happening. Yeah, you know what's happening without it showing it. But later on, you do see that head in a jar. Yeah. He keeps these body parts in yeah. a jar, which is pretty fucked up. Um, anyways, Banderas wants revenge. Uh, Sorry, Banderas wants revenge. Hopkins wants revenge, but so he's going to do it. He stops him. He recognizes the necklace. He's trying to pawn it off for like a, a, a beer or something. And he's like, you know, we both have something common. I'll train you. You can get your revenge. I can get revenge. Everyone's happy. Um, and then it, it it's just kind of, you know, Hopkins, or sorry, Banderas also has to become this 
charming kind of suave guy he has to he gets to go undercover and fit in with the rich so that's kind of all fun you got the romance here with uh zeta jones who this is kind of like i don't know she's i think she's gorgeous and it's like mm. i'm not i've never been like the biggest what films zeta did jones. she do she did like that heist one which is high okay. fidelity high fidelity is the, high yeah. Fide- yeah, but, yeah yeah but yeah she's she's fun, fun in this um but yeah i did hopkins is fucking great in this i think banderas is just having a blast with the action scenes are incredible like some of the sword fighting there's just a lot of really cool stuff in this like i'd say you know it's, it's up there with some of the best sword fighting this movies. has got to be like antonio banderas like what he's gonna re- be remembered yeah like this was his huge hit i think was it? i'm thinking like desperado? desperado but that was big like in the indie film scene yeah. like this was blockbuster well, big, right? yeah like desperado would be more of like a major like blockbuster act, yeah right? block, like it, it was like but it was like big as in yeah. like it made 20 million on a five yeah, million dollar budget yeah. this is like a hundred million dollar budget it made and no one talks million. about like Who's talking about Desperado? Who's talking about the Mask of Zorro? <laughs> yeah. Also true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've always enjoyed this movie, and uh, I really dug it this time. And yeah, they, they go into some, like, I don't know. It's a little bit long. I think it's like two and a half hours because they have to have him, yeah. you know, uh, going undercover and all that kind of shit. I think I've only There's ever seen this once. There's a whole thing, too. The, the bad guys have a whole... They're, they got all these slaves, uh, all the prisoners doing the working in the mines. There's kids and stuff, kind of like a Temple of the Doom vibe, yeah. and he has to try to save them. Like you too, mentioned a bunch of these things, is like, oh, yeah, I, remember, I remember that. I to- and then you mentioned other things, is like, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's pretty well liked. I, I don't know. I've always enjoyed it, but you're right. It, it kind of has been maybe forgotten a little bit. I actually think Lone Ranger is even underrated too. The Lone Ranger, oh yeah, movie. is he in that? that just came no, out? I just feel like they kind of feel like the same. That was like uh, that was that a was bomb. a huge bomb, right? Yeah. But that was like I think I'm just thinking because the whole Johnny Depp is in everyone's mind right now with the trial. But like that was this movie that like it's not great, but like you see the 300 million on screen, like they're fucking trashing yeah. a train and all this stuff. Right. It's just big and uh, not as good. I think this is the better film, but it, hmm. both kind of uh, you know. Fun films, I, I don't, Zorro and Lone Ranger kind of go together for me. Anyways, I'm going to give it seven and a half. Um, not, again, it's like maybe a little bit too long, but I, yeah, I really dug this movie. Oh, cool. um, I, I've never seen the sequel. I don't know why. Um, I've owned it for Was the longest time. Was there only one sequel? Yeah, I think Legend of Zorro didn't do as well. I, I think it's missing the whole, like, you know, the underdog getting trained yeah. and, and Anthony Hopkins and everything aspect that uh, this one has. I think I did see that as well now that, like... Yeah. <laughs> maybe I think that's probably what hurt people talking about this film, right? I think people kind of didn't like that film, and uh, the sequel kind of ruined forgotten. it. Yeah, maybe but, I didn't see that one. I think yeah. I just saw this. One. What did you guys yeah. watch? What else did you guys? I think watch? That's it for me. Uh, I got a I got a, a couple more things to talk about. So I watched uh, from 1985, uh, Mishima: A Life in Four Chapters. This is basically um, it's not a a totally it's a it's a biopic. About this writer, uh, this Yukio Mishima, who was the the greatest writer in Japan, and basically okay. he was almost like this militaristic figure. So it's Paul Schrader, the director, uh, you know, uh, of First Reformed and the Car mm-hmm. Counter. We talked about Blue Collar with Richard Pryor, which is supposed to be one of his best movies. Um, also wrote Taxi Driver, Raging mm-hmm. Bull. Uh, so this is. It's an interesting story because it it's trying to tell his life, but also using his writings writing. So basically, every chapter is one of his short stories that's juxtaposed with stuff that's happening in real life. And 
and he has a crazy end of his life. Like, just the guy kind of goes bonkers. He's this right wing fig- figure that thinks Japan has lost its way. Doesn't he? Uh, is it a spoiler how he died? Didn't he like fucking? Uh, what do you call it? What do you? Uh, Harry yeah. Carey. It's not Harry. Yeah, they call it something uh, different in the movie. But yeah, he 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 goes all out, and he's got his own like military army huh. that they've integrated because he's such a uh, this legendary figure in in Japan that they're allowing to do them. But he's this con- like contradictory. He's he's this homosexual guy, but also is like this pro nationalist. Uh, writer that becomes very controversial, but is also considered one of the greatest Japanese writers of all time. It it's it's stunning to look at it. It's all the short stories are done in this impressionistic manner that is juxtaposed with this kind of like sometimes lush black and white photography on, on mm-hmm. when it's telling his real life um, uh, it, and doing flashbacks. It does it so well. It. It counteracts the biopic for the most degree. I do find like it maybe is a little bit, um, uh, a little bit anticlimactic in in some of the stuff that happens because it has to f- still follow the story. Follow the story of a biopic, so you're still having to have some of those beats. Even though, it, for the most part, by using the short stories or the novels that he wrote as the way to tell what he was actually feeling at the time is it's incredible. And it, it, it does, uh, sub, subverge, uh, submerge itself into the subconscious of the, of the writer in a way that I've never seen 32, uh, short films. Is it 32 short films about Glenn Gould? I always get the number wrong. <laughs> I think that's good. Uh, but that's fucking excellent. Like a, example of this. I think that's a better, I, I think I might like that one slightly yeah. more than this. Uh, now is this a depressing movie or is it like the 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 fantasy stuff kind of I think the fantasy stuff is pretty interesting yeah. it's very colorful and energetic uh even the the way it ends it's not like done in a depressing way like no. it's it's Schrader, so he's like also pretty steeled he's not it's never melodramatic yeah um um and maybe that for some people it might be too cold cuz it's separating it's not trying to be like oh let's Let's get to know this person on an intimate level because I think he believes you can't know that. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight. Oh, okay. Well. Yeah, really, really, really good. Uh, you know, it would instantly probably get into my top 10 biopics oh. of all time. Oh, yeah, yeah. That list is like that and what else? Yeah. It's <laughs> Dewey not, Cox? It's not a, Ed yeah. Wood is probably number one for yeah. me. Which one? Ed Wood. Yeah. Yeah, Ed really Wood good. might be number one for me as well. Uh, I don't. I'd have to think about uh, Dewey Cox would be very close though. And I, that's always not to, I always people. liked La Bamba. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah. I've seen it since a kid. Yeah. That was always on TV too, and I don't mm-hmm. know why I like that because I'm. I don't know why I'd be watching a, a biopic at, as a as young mm-hmm. kid compared to everything else I was watching. But because you liked, oh, I think I liked Lou Diamond Phillips Donna. from Young Guns. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Who's Donna. who's Donna? Is it Elizabeth Shue? I don't think it's Elizabeth Shue. It's somebody else. Is it George Burns? George Burns. <laughs> Anyways, I. Uh, what else uh, do you well, watch? Do you want to jump in with one more? You say you have a couple. I have three more, but... Yeah, you go. Okay. Uh, this one, I'll be really super quick. Um, continuing my Jackass oh, uh, yeah. film series. I, I watched number two uh, for 2006. More of the same. I don't really have too much to say. Um, you can tell that they spent a little bit more money this time around, but I also feel like this time around, the gags are like a little bit grosser. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the other one has gross gags, but I think this one, like there's a They're lot more. For a gross like, he's gags. got the alcohol in the butthole. 
the drinking the fucking oh, horse yeah. semen, yeah. which is disgusting. The stick in the car up your anus. Like, I just feel like this one, it's like, I don't know. It almost felt like every second or third skit was like more of a gross one. Yeah. Than like the the a car in the anus was one. in this one? Is it, or am I getting it mixed I, up? I, I, I thought that was the first one. Okay, yeah. maybe I'm getting uh, it mixed up. I could. I, I just I just remember watching this and being like, every second or third thing, it was like, oh, that's kind of yeah. gross. Whereas like the other one, it was like, you know, there was one or two or something. Uh, but it still has some crazy stuff. You have mm-hmm. Steve-O like sticking the hook through his mouth and jumping into the shark infested waters. Mm-hmm. Um, Dave England riding the, the fire hose, which just looks super fun, <laughs> but crazy, <laughs> yeah. like how much he's swinging around. Uh, Knoxville shooting off the dock on the giant, the big red rocket. Uh, the rocket? And the, the finale one is pretty crazy where they, they pretty much trick the guy. Oh, was he a bomb? Yeah, they tell him you're going to be a terrorist and pretend you're yeah. getting a cab and pretend, keep on making references that you're going to blow up the airport. Um, what he doesn't know is two things. One, the guy dragging in the cab is actually like the guy from, from Broken Lizards yeah. and Super Troopers. Jay and he pretends like... He's a uh, like a fucking uh, thief or criminal, and he pulls a gun on him and locks him in the thing, and he's like shit in his pants. On top of it, the beard they made him—all their pubes, yeah, all their pubes—and one one of the fucking someone on the cast had crabs because they commented, they're like, "Yo, what the fuck is that a crab?" Like some one of the girl women points out. Anyways, yeah, I'm gonna still get seven out of ten. Like, how do you rate these movies? Yeah. They're still like, I don't know. I'm it, it's another hour and a half of stupid stunts. It, it, it there's no plot. I mean, it's like watching an hour and a half of YouTube, I guess. But I think this is like YouTube with idiots with a whole lot of money. Yeah, and I'm glad these people are doing stuff so I don't have to. Like, <laughs> you know, again, it, it does not work. But I think overall, like, there's enough dumb stuff in there to entertain me. I'm I'm not I'm a simple man. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some uh, pubes on yeah. your face and. Uh... Give me people getting injured. Yeah, and I'm gonna laugh at that. I mean, who, who's not? Gonna You're laugh? such a cave man. Like, you know, as long as no one seriously gets hurt or dies, people getting injured is funny. Like, right. You know. So I lied. I only have one more because the next one, the the two more. Oh. Is uh, one? the movie we're gonna watch? Okay. Uh, so from 1999, Ravenous. Oh yeah. Okay. So this is the Antonio Bird movie that stars um, Guy Pierce. I love Guy. Guy mm-hmm. Pierce is like he's, underrated. Yeah, he's very right? underrated. He did like that time machine. He was trying to let, not trying. I think he did blockbuster. I don't think he had fun with that experience, and it didn't do that well. And then like he seemed to kind of disappear. But he still does indie films here and yeah. there. But yeah, he's a guy that like you know. I don't know. I yeah, always loved he, him. He always shows up. Like I, I think the prop we're. The proposition, which were uh, um, if you guys want to check out another western, I think that is the best western potentially that's been made in the last twenty years. It's top five for sure. Yeah, Um, it's not like just is that the Nick Cave score? Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, Nick Cave and Nick Cave wrote that one. Um, Did Nick Cave do Ravenous as well? The score? I think I've owned both of these movies for like ten years and haven't watched them. I don't know why. uh, No, Nick Cave did not do Ravenous. It's Damon Albarn. Okay. Um, With a a, he he collabs. So have you seen Ravenous? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Have you seen it? No, again, I've I've only just haven't watched it. it. So (laughs) this is a an odd movie. It is cannibals or something. Super strange. So basically, it is this guy that's totally fucked up from his experience in in the war in i think the is it an australian mm-hmm. mexican oh, mexican, uh, mexican uh, american like war australian outpost or uh, alaskan outpost no I, I think it's in montana okay it's proposition in australia yes okay I th- yeah i knew i those two, these two came out around the same yeah. time and i always get them mixed up and and i think 
yeah, like it, it, it has some some uh, I think crew members that are, mm-hmm. are similar uh, on those. Anyways, but th- so they're they're out there, or maybe they're even in California, but they're just like in the way into yeah. to getting into the the mainland. So he's now like he's supposed to be this hero, but basically he just pretended he was dead and then woke up on enemy lines, tasted a bit of blood, and went all fucking crazy and captured all the Mex- Mexicans. Mm-hmm. Um, and and now the the main guy, uh, the general, knows that he's a coward. Like knows that he, so he's going to send him to this outpost. He doesn't want him around because he just like he's freaking out all the time. So he goes to this outpost. They get there. It's it's Jeffrey Jones who's the main <laughs> thing, but he's you know Jeffrey Jones is is fine in yeah. this. Yeah, he plays Merrick in this. Yes, he's <laughs> he's totally Merrick in this. Um, and he gets there, and, the, and there's the drunk. There's David Arquette for some reason just being a goofball and there's there's two native indigenous uh, people that are helping run this fort but basically it's a fort for no reason they they have a bunch of people that go through they help mm. them once a year other than that keep it's, yourself busy, yeah. busy any way you want then all of a sudden Robert Carlyle who's best known for train spotting he's so good in this he's right? quite good in this uh, it, it, he shows up and he's fucking crazed he says he's been in this Attacked. camp, they got stuck. Uh, they couldn't make it through the snow, so they went in a cave. They had no food, so they started dying. They started eating those people. And then it just fucking turns mm-hmm. into something else. <laughs> I don't know if it's all successful. It's it got a weird editing structure. Like, it's... It's, it's a bit se- sloppy. It's sequences that are amazing. And some... Mm-hmm. I don't think Guy Pierce is really, like, A-game mm-hmm. Guy Pierce in this, but he's fine. But he doesn't really have much of a personality compared to some of those other roles we were talking mm-hmm. about. But man, no one's on the same page in this movie. I found like every actor is kind of playing yes. a different movie. Yeah, I, I, I totally. It's tonal whiplash mm-hmm. all over the place. Like, is it a cannibal movie? Because that's what you find out. Like the cannibals, they get this human extra human strength. Is it supposed to be scary? Well, there's a couple tense scenes, but they're usually undercut by these comic scenes. Mm-hmm. And again, all the editing seems to cut like a beat too soon mm-hmm. I like I, I I can't say that I was like not entertained but I also just found it it's like nothing else I've watched but I don't know if that still means it's good yeah hmm. I'm, I'm gonna give it 6.5 um because hmm. there are like sequences like hmm. the sequence when they go to the cave it's awesome it's right? awesome um but not all the scenes are awesome yeah hmm. Okay, well, I guess I'll wrap it up with uh, two more. Now, these are two films that I think maybe you guys might want to watch. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, The first one is Walking the Edge from 1985. Never want to watch that. (laughs) (laughs) This is... um, Vinegar Syndrome didn't put this out, but their partner company did. Uh, I think it's Fun City. They've been putting out a lot of interesting titles. They're all unfun movies, though. That's weird, right? They they kind of... Yeah, they're not necessarily... Well, they did did put out Smile. Um, They just put out uh, with Jeff Bridges, Rancho... Um, what is it, Rancho something? It doesn't matter. Anyways, <laughs> this stars Robert Forster, uh, Nancy Kwan, uh, Joe Spinell um, of Maniac fame. Um, it opens up, uh, uh, Kwan watches her husband and son uh, be murdered by Spinell and his gang. Huh. Uh, she manages to escape, and now, I don't know if it's supposed to be right after or like years later, because I thought they commented that she went away for some time. Mm-hmm. Anyways, she's out seeking revenge. It kind of has that... Death Wish Part 1 vibe where she's out of her league. Uh, Forrester's the cab driver. 
that gives oh, him yeah? a ride to one of these kills. He gets involved. He's kind of out of his league, too. He did all his own driving, though. Good for him, man. I believe it. He yeah. can do no wrong. <laughs> he's he's incredible in this. Robert Forster is usually incredible. Like, I'm yeah. trying to yeah. think of a bad ride. Like, he's always the most interesting you know, character in the like, he's just so good. He's likable. He just delivers the dialogue. He just feels like a real guy the way he's delivering the dialogue. Mm. Quan, maybe not so much. Uh, she's not great in this. Uh, Spinel is a lot of fun though, as one of the villains. Um, yeah, there's not really much more to, I'm not to say about this. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, I think this is pretty well liked on, on uh, Letterboxd and whatnot. I didn't like it maybe as much as everyone else. I think, like, there's some interesting ideas. I don't know. I'm more of probably a Death Wish 2 and 3 guy yeah. than I am a, a Death Wish 1. I want to see him kicking ass, not being, like, not getting revenge and kind of being yeah. a bumbling guy. But if you are bigger, if you like the Death Wish 1, this might be more your thing. Um, and, yeah, it, it's still fun. Like, just seeing, again, it's you're getting uh, that... Um, I think is it New York? I feel like it is eighties New York. Um, and you're just getting that that side, you know. What I mean, the, the gritty. The, there's a prostitute that kind of has a, some fun stuff in there. Uh, but yeah, I feel like it never like it never goes far enough, or really pushes it to me, in my opinion, to be something really special. But again, like I think I'm in the minority. I'm gonna get six and a half. Like I enjoyed it. Okay. I think Robert Forster is interesting enough. There's some stuff in there, but I I, I kind of wanted more um from it exploitation yeah exactly yeah. um i'm gonna follow up uh finish off with another movie from 1985 called trouble in mind uh this is a neo-noir directed by alan rudolph stars chris christopherson keith carradine laurie singer joe morton and uh genevieve bujol bujol yeah uh, <coughs> oh, and from Dead Bu- Ringers and King of Hearts. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, is she a French Canadian? I think she. Yeah, I think she was. Might have grown up. I think she's Canadian, but I think she might have mainly made movies in France okay. once yeah. she was first coming up. You definitely get that vibe from her. Like, it, I feel like she was normally does artistic films. At least that's the impression I got in this. And Divine is in there. Uh, I think this is like one of the few films where I, I don't know. Does he? Was he a he or did he see himself as a he? She? I'm not. I think he saw himself. As uh, he a, was a drag queen, right? I don't. I don't. Yeah. I'll just. I don't want to. Yeah, I was anyone. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, this is yeah. one of the few films. I guess it's a big deal because they're in. They're not in drag. Okay. I guess most of the roles they were always in drag, mm-hmm. and this one it's it's a uh, he's the 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 big uh, mob kind of crime boss in this i've I definitely been this is one i've been mm-hmm. really interested in, in seeing yeah so it, it opens up uh, you have uh, chris christopherson his name is hawk uh they all have kind of cool names in this he's being released from prison after serving eight years for killing a man i guess you learn he was a former cop um he returns to rain city and stays with his friend uh wanda who is uh the the genevieve uh, actress and they kind of have like it's like this friendship, but, you know, she's kind of made sure it stays a friendship. She doesn't want to ruin that with a romance. Mm. He's kind of like, well, I'm fucking horny. I was just in prison for eight years. Yeah. Uh, she runs this uh, little diner, and you kind of get the impression that she's, like, kind of respected in the community. Like, people don't seem to fuck with her. She kind of has, like, a street toughness to her. Mm. Um, and then, so that's kind of the one story. And then you have Coop, uh, played by Carradine, and Georgia, played by uh, Singer. They're a young couple. They got a baby named Spike. 
they're trying to make a new life. Uh, it's not working out. Um, so he's going to get into crime. It starts out petty theft, but he wants like the big score to, you Spike know. Spike is getting into crime. Well, yeah. Right? The baby? Yeah, yeah, exactly. You don't even get Spike without a. <laughs> uh, no, it's uh, it's Carradine. And so he meets up with Morton. Morton, you'll know, is he's the uh, he's the ever American guy in uh, T- T2. Uh, he's like the scientist guy. Oh yeah. What else has he done? There's uh, he was movie. in X Files. Uh, he was uh, just in the uh, uh, Cyborg's dad in the new Batman. Oh yeah, Jess League. Yeah, I, yeah. I knew I saw him something yeah. else. Um, he's been in a couple, a bunch of stuff in the eighties. But he he plays his character solo, and he's kind of like this thief. Uh, again, kind of bumbling. They're both kind of out of their league. But he's kind of got this just strange punk look to him. I don't know how to explain it. And Coop kind of starts. Changing into that punk look, and throughout the film, man, he just gets fucking crazier and crazier. His hairstyles and his dress style—it's awesome, man. Like it, <laughs> it sounds kind of dope. Actually, I'm watching this. I'm like, this guy—if they did a, a Joker movie in the '80s, this was who you would have got to play it. Because he kind of has, like, again, he's more bumbling than the sinister, but you kind of see something mm-hmm. in there. Just the look and his acting style—I I think he he could have been a great Joker. Um, he's just a lot of fun in this. Um, and and then you yeah you have um, Divine is playing this uh, fuck what's mob it? boss yeah mob boss Hilly Blue, <laughs> and he's got his right hand man is Rambo and they're just kind of they just like every character in this just has this something about them that makes them like mm. memorable and kind of fun just to watch all these characters are just kind of fun uh, Hawk falls in love with Georgia because Coop is never there he's he's kind of ignoring he's going to cry. Which I don't know if that necessarily works, mm-hmm. um, but it it whatever it, it's in there. I don't know. I just it's this good looking film. I thought the score is great, and yeah, like I said, it's a film that like all the characters kind of stand out and are memorable. Um, yeah, I don't want to say too much. It's it's got a fun finale. It's just if you're into kind of neuro noir, I think you'll like it. But it it's different. Like it's like it's not it's not like. It's not. I, I don't know how to describe it. It's not completely serious. It's just got this weird quirkiness to it. That it like sounds like it's different goofy than every, in a good way. Yeah, like it's different than it's it. But it doesn't go full goofiness. Like it's not mm. a comedy. It's definitely like serious. But it has these elements that like are not yeah normal. Hmm. I don't know how to explain it. I'm gonna get yeah. I'm gonna give it to seven and a half. It, it, to me, it it's like awesome. it's not quite eight. I think like again, the romance of Chris Christopherson is a little weird. Like I feel mm. like he should be her father. And I don't know if all that works. And there's some some stuff that's some stuff that's off. And it, it has like this big finale shootout finale, which is crazy and cool, and and just again weird. Mm. I, I've just never. It's hard to describe this movie. I haven't seen too much about it. But yeah, I'm kind of excited. It's one like I looked. I'm like, God. I guess Shell Factory put out a DVD, but not a Blu-ray. But I think this is like early in their career before. Yeah. They, so yeah, it, it doesn't have a Blu-ray. But it's it's kind of one I kind of want to revisit it again. I think it's definitely. I think you guys should watch it. It's, it's definitely something yeah. weird. And, yeah. Uh, it sounds awesome to totally me. Totally 80s. Like, it's, it, you know, you wouldn't see this made now. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's everything. Um, I guess, should we jump into it then? Let's do it. Uh, let's throw up the trailer for Once Upon a Time in the West from 
a new life, and the promised land. Once upon a time. mysterious stranger with a harmonica joins forces with a notorious desperado to protect a beautiful widow from a ruthless ruthless assassin working for the railroad. Oh, once upon a time in the West. (laughs) Yes, we're talking about the Sergio Leone classic, I guess, it could be considered part one of his um, Once Upon a Time trilogy. Yeah, his next. Uh, I didn't realize Duck, Duck, what is it, Duck, You Sucker? Yeah, I, I didn't realize that part, uh, as well. Part of it. I, I guess, again, they're thematic trilogies. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah the I, Man with No Name trilogy yeah. as well. Um, uh, written by uh, Sergio Donati, who also wrote tons of these fucking spaghetti westerns, yeah. Big Gun Down, Face to Face. Uh, duck you sucker and then it's kind of weird like he kept on going and then the 80s he, he wrote like raw deal with schwarzenegger uh-huh. man on fire which is supposed to be this really cool action um movie uh fuck i can't remember the guy's name but um yeah it just it's just weird you think like this italian guy yeah. writing all these spaghetti westerns you know in the the 60s and 70s but would have died out but he kept no, on going and end up doing cheesy 80s, 80s action movies. movie also though our story Gento. by Dario Argento. It's yeah, crazy, right? Well, and and, and, and Bar- Bar- Bernardo yeah. Budalucci. Budalucci, who seems to be more of the force out of the two mm. of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, of- I don't see like Argento. I mean, his strength is visuals, not, not yeah. as really his story and his his plot. Yeah. Dialogue, so maybe so. that's what he did for the script. Like, I don't know. Pull up on this town for five minutes. Well, and just maybe stay he did. There. Maybe he came up with like some of the ideas. I or, think there was some, or something. There was some know. of that, but but it, it seems like most of what. Argento and Bertolucci were doing were looking at old westerns and taking inspiration the and then and 
Pulling putting them in. into this movie. And and High Noon, which we talked about last week, is definitely an influence. Yeah. I mean, you know that opening like scene where yes. like uh, it takes like uh, ten minutes for the uh, harmonica fella to get there. Which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Which yeah, the, the opening scene is is fucking amazing. It's like ten minutes, there's no no really mu- score or anything. Score. It's score. dry. And it's like these three guys, these three guys show up, take over a train station pretty much, a train stop. And you don't know what's going on. They just sleep for ten minutes. Am I wrong? Well, the in this? one guy, the one guy sleeps. The one yeah. guy has this water constantly dripping True. onto him, and he ends up drinking it. And then another guy has a fly that's kind of True. flying around, pissing him off. And he, puts it's a it great in the scene gun. where, yeah, he like yeah. puts the barrel of the gun and kind of traps the fly. Mm. And it's weird though. Like this should be boring. Like mm-hmm. it's a long stretch of nothing happening. And like I don't know, man. You're kind of captivating. You're wondering I, what's going to happen. I, honestly, when I read later that that was ten minutes, I was like, no way. Yeah. yeah, like it, it takes its time getting there. It doesn't feel it, it, like it, bored. You're not bored though. Like. I just mm-hmm. thought it like it was the no normal yeah. credit yeah. sequence because mm-hmm. that's the whole credit yeah. sequence. Yeah, oh, I, I think and that's that 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 scene kind of sums up this film though. It's yes. a lot of long stretches, a lot of drawn out scenes, and that could normally be like. But the be payoffs a bad thing, are but, always great. Yeah, the payoffs are always great, and I, I don't know. I think even like. When it should be boring, it's kind of interesting the way, like... Well, the, the you know, we talked about last week how we had kind of issues with the characters not being, like, always yeah. interesting in High Noon. The, every single person oh, yeah. in this yeah. is interesting. Yeah. But that scene leads to the, the train pulls up and no one's there, and they're like, what the fuck? He didn't show up. And all in all, of a sudden, you hear the harmonica, which is this great score. I yes. love... That's what's great about this movie and Once Upon a Time in America is the score is done by a character, either playing like the pan flute or the harmonica. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. And fucking Bronson is standing there. Charles Bronson reveals himself. And the dialogue there is so good. Um, Maddie, you, you kind of, you were talking about before you we got brought, here. Right? Uh, we didn't bring enough horses. Actually, you brought two horses, too many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. Um, and just kind of sets a tone right away and you get a really cool shootout there. Um and then that like immediately leads into Henry Fonda's character, where there's this family, they're getting pre- something prepared for this some takes kind of party or something. Five minutes, you get to yeah. know this family, like they're hunting quail or some shit. You're like really that. getting yeah. to know that the, they're making an, an emotional yeah. connection to mm. this family. And again, no but, score, like it's just you're hearing yeah. the natural. Like that the being said, this guy seems like, like like kind of a dick. He's smacking around his son. He's kind of like you can tell he's kind of on the outs. Like he's like, all right, don't slice that bread too uh, thick because we're uh, kind of. Well, no, poor. he's saying yeah. he's saying like once we get once we get there, yeah. we can have like he's saying like soon you'll be able to slice. Yeah. Big bread, so you know, like yeah. so, something he's coming to some kind of fortune. He, yeah, or something. he's he something great is about to happen, yeah. and mm-hmm. it's soon. You think that this yeah. that the spread is about that, but then you realize, oh no, the spread is actually about his, his uh, wife. His new mom's coming to town. The new mom is coming to town, yeah. and and then before that can happen, all hell breaks. Yeah, loose. Henry Fonda shows up. It's great and, fucking and, intro, yeah. and really, this is what. Convinced Leone meets Fonda and convinced him to do it. He says, We'll see this kid, and the kid gets shot, and then we'll pan, and no one will know who the bad guys are, and we'll pan up and look up, and then all of a sudden it'll be on Henry Fonda. And he really played up. Yeah, he was like, he was known for his heroic role. Like, he wasn't a villain a lot. Never a villain. Yeah. Like, never a villain. And it's fucking shocking and like kind of like it, it. And he plays off those baby it's done blues. So well, yeah, yeah he's kind of a terrifying looking villain in this. What's that right? thing yeah. too? Right, he was gonna. He originally came with like a beard and, and, and contact, uh, contact lenses, lenses yeah. and like Leonie's like, no, like I want to see those cold. Mm-hmm. Blue I, wa- eyes. I I I, yeah. I want them to see Henry Fonda yeah. Yeah. killing the kid. Yeah, and it's not like like a teenager. He's killing like a, a child. Well, he, yeah, like, he yeah. first kills like the the older kids. 
Yeah. And then, like, yeah, the the the, uh, the one gonna, kid gonna, gonna let the kid go, Frank. I would have, but you said my name. Yeah, Pow! and then boom, yeah. it, like it's uh, so fucking yeah. like I don't know, man. Like to me, this is like, well, mm-hmm. well who knows? But this is the western for me. Like yeah. just the way it shot, the score. Yeah, this is what I, when I think of westerns, I think of. And you just, like I said, I, you feel that hot it, sun. Well, it's, like it's interesting. Like, this one, in some ways, is actually the most traditional after him doing his spaghetti western mm. trilogy. This mm-hmm. one plays it a little bit, like, more traditional western, le- less revisionist. I, I haven't seen The Man With No Name trilogy in a while, so I don't know. But I, I, if you ask me now, I would put this over all three of them. I mean, maybe that will change when I revisit them. But like, mm. I remember I watched those three, then this one a, a year or two later, and I remember this one stood out for me more. And I, I've seen this one more strangely. I don't know why. I, I, I would also have, like, Good, Bad, and the Ugly is close. I haven't seen the original two for s- so many years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to I check. They're actually all getting yeah. 4K releases, too. I kind of want to check. And there's a rumor that this one may be, too. But I, um, I want to watch them all. Again. But yeah, th- this for me was. Uh, like this is the the opposite of last week where I picked a movie that I thought well maybe I'll change mm-hmm. my opinion. This was the one where I was like I hope I like this is good like <laughs> as good as it's it built up in yeah. me- my memory and it is mm-hmm. yeah like I I think the first time I watched this I was like it just I hadn't seen anything like this at the time and it just like I was like this could be top 100 for me like just first watch like when it ended i was like wow there's i don't know there's just something special about it the way like it stretches out these scenes the score the way the score goes with the characters and and how like you said every character kind of the score so, so yeah that's the other thing Hunt, uh, fonda appears and you finally get the score yeah yeah which we should mention it's uh morricone yeah. who is the fucking the guy. king of uh well spaghetti westerns but everything he did a lot everything. of argento giallos pretty much any great italian score of the thing is of course, for horror fans, uh, and then and later on, even did the uh, Hateful Eight. I think was one of his mm-hmm. last. Yeah, uh, that, that repurposes maybe some of his old scores as well. Yeah, but, I know. Yeah. And I know a lot of his stuff has been in yeah Tarantino films. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hateful Eight. I think he did some original stuff for, but yeah, probably some repurposed as well. Um, yeah, he, he's fucking one of the best composer, movie composers, in my opinion, of all time. I, I would one hundred percent agree. Um, but yeah, so that that kind of opens the film and, and sets a tone. Uh, the the wife come home comes home. It's Claudia Cardinale. Cardinale to her fucking dead family. And again, like a a kind of touching scene where like she comes home and all these people are there. She's like, "What's going on?" Because they didn't greet, they didn't meet her, and they're all laid out on the table. Yeah, right? but yeah. also like just her entrance coming off the oh, train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, again, we were talking about Altman, and it seems like an Altman thing. Is like everyone's like chatting yes. as they walk through this. Town. Yeah, so you're getting all of these different conversations mm. that are going on, and then you're getting that sweeping score that yeah. that that beautiful, gorgeous yeah. score. And it pans up, and you see the entire yeah. city laid out before your eyes, and then. Yeah, they joke that it, it's the longest uh, horse carriage ride ever because they started and they're in Spain where they shot <laughs> and they ended in 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 Utah. The horse carriage ride there was kind of weird, right? How he's not stopping down for the train. He's like, "Ah, oh, fuck you, train workers. Get yeah. on my uh, get on my track. I'll take you there, sweetheart." Well, basically, he sees that as as the progress is pushing yeah. them out, which is a big theme in this, right? Mm-hmm. Like Bronson. Uh, yeah. Cheyenne, who's played b- by uh, um, uh, Jason Robards, yeah. who's mm-hmm. who's incredible in this. Mm-hmm. I like it too because when he's in, like you think he's going to be the villain, and yeah. then it's like 
He's such a scallywag, isn't he? Like, yeah. yeah, but he's scallywag like, is yeah. the right he's word. He's kind of the hero too, right? Like yes. him and in, in a weird they kind of team way. up in a way, right? Yeah. Well, he no, he is, he is the but, hero. Other than like he yeah. does some, but I, I yeah. feel like everyone yeah. <laughs> does kind of questionable things yeah. with this. You know, is kind of horrible to this woman. Mm-hmm. Even the yeah, th- th- we'll talk about it. But there's a scene where um, uh, Bronson is first in- meets her. Why do you guys think like his first introduction to her? He rips off. Like the the front of her dress, and then grabs her arm, and then rips off. Is he looking for something, or like I I've because it almost seems like it's going to go rapey, but then it's like hmm. he doesn't. It, it's almost like he's looking for something underneath that. That yeah. kind of like because I wasn't sure. I thought he was trying to that. distract the people coming in with her skin, but I don't know. Oh, maybe. Yeah, like that. That the, I don't. That's always been. Um, all the other <laughs> misogynist things in this movie, I, I've always played off as character traits. That's the mm-hmm. one thing that doesn't seem to be. It doesn't make sense. You could almost him. say that Bronson is already dead, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's got that hole in his jacket, and the way that he's played, like he almost feels like a, a more of like a um, a moralistic figure than an actual human being. I know mm-hmm. that's not actually it, but like yeah. there's definitely like layers to to him. Where Cheyenne and, and, and Claudia Cardinelli um, and, and Henry Fonda all seem part of this world. But all of them, um, like the, the three male characters, plus the owner of the, the train conglomerate mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it, they all seem like they're part of an old world. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and, and the new world, the train that this Morton is bringing is the new world, but even Morton is part of the old world because he's he just wants to see the fucking ocean. Yeah. yeah. He just wants to be an adventurer, but the but adventurer isn't it. That train track. I thought he wants to see the ocean because he wants the track to go to the Atlantic. He that wants was... it to go to the Pacific. Yeah. The, yeah um, uh, which is like another like great kind yeah. of character that's got tuberculosis in his mm-hmm. like bones or some <laughs> craziness. Yeah. And and he can uh, like barely walk. And Henry Fonda is is his right hand man that sees that guy getting weaker and his power seemingly growing. Mm-hmm. But he's not a businessman. Well, yeah, he he kind of wants to experience that. But and and the film is kind of like, it, could he become that? And you know, you kind of get the answer in the end. He kind of comes to the realization. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, yeah, I, it's it's all great. One thing I did want to mention. Um, I guess at the beginning with the three gunmen, did you guys hear the story about one of the actors? Oh, yeah. So one of the actors, I guess his name is Al Mulock. He's one of the three actors at the beginning. Yep. I guess like he fucking jumped out of the hotel they were at like the day after shooting or something. And like the screenwriter and someone else, the editor or something maybe, saw him like go past their window and yeah. he died. Like killing himself? Yeah, like, and he yeah. was still wearing the, the outfit. So Leone was else. like, get the costume, get the costume. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Wow. So anyways, that's fucked up. Mm-hmm. And the, the other thing kind of cool is, I guess, um, Clint Eastwood, they wanted him to be the part of from Monica, but he turned it down because I guess he had done too many Westerns. He, did, Leone, he wanted to switch he it did up a, Yeah, I think he was on onto yeah. his next chapter, and, and they didn't talk for years. Yeah. It he was, took it personal, I guess. Uh, Leone. Yeah, Leone took it personal, and, they, and I think it was only... Eastwood was making something in Italy, in Rome, in the late 80s. And he and, called them? And, and called them up, yeah. and they went out for dinner, and they reconciled. And, and I think it was a f- few weeks later, Leone dies. Oh, crazy. Mm-hmm. Also, um, Leone was looking for uh, the, the Claudia character, um, the, sorry, the Jill McBain character played by Claudia Cardinal. Uh, he was looking to cast uh, uh, Sophia 
Lauren, Lauren, yeah. Yeah, uh, Ponty. I I think that's a little bit uh, uh, like a story. Uh, Oh, yeah? Yeah, I I think it was always Claudia Cardinelli, to be be honest. Uh, Like, uh, I think that might have been something that would have been some posturing where maybe they talked to her, but he didn't seem like he was interested in in that. And, and like, there's no other... He knew Claudia Cardinelli. She's a huge actress as well. Um. I remember seeing her first in Fellini's Eight and a Half and being like mesmerized. And she still has that screen presence in yeah. this. Like she's such kind of a weird character too though. So let let's just get this out of the way so we can enjoy the rest of the film. There's a lot of rapey and misogynist stuff. So we talked about the Charles Bronson. Um uh even even Cheyenne, who you kind of get the impression maybe ha- has a thing for her. Yeah. Yeah. Um but even he's like He's like, he's complimenting her by saying, I guess his mother was a prostitute. And his compliment is, you know, Jill, you remind me of my mother. She was the biggest whore. (laughs) And what is it, Alameda? Alameda? And the finest woman that ever lived. Whatever, whoever my father was for an hour, for a month, he must have been a happy man. Like, I get it's a comment. He's saying, like, she was a great woman. There was also, but he's complimenting. And I think because this woman was a prostitute, right? You kind of learn. And then, like later on, even at the end where they're building the train, he's like, he says so to her, "Like, pet your bottom. Let them pet your bottom, sweetheart. They, they deserve, deserve it." it. Yeah. <laughs> like, like wow. It's like this is a guy that you. Sure. I thought you. Lo- I don't know it's just kind of weird sure. stuff like that. But the the biggest scene I want to talk about is she's with um, Henry Fonda. Henry Fonda, mm-hmm. and like I don't know if he, she. It's supposed to be he captured her because then later on she's free. No, like he basically. It's a it's a transaction. Yeah, like he's come there. Uh, no needs the needs an easy way to get the property. Do you want to live? Uh-huh. She wants to live, and 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 basically she she does she plays him. I know, like she. I know she says like he comments like I ah, you you're you really are a whore. Like I killed your family, and you don't care about this. You're still gonna sleep with me. I get that. And, and she comments earlier, too, when she first meets Cheyenne and she thinks that he was a villain. She thinks that he might have been the one that killed the family. She says, like, you know, do what you want with me. I can clean myself up afterwards, you know. And it will it, mean nothing yeah. to me. Yeah. And, and I get that's what that's supposed to be. But it almost seems like, like she starts, like, kind of, like, really making out with him. Like, she's kind of enjoying it. But And the, I know she's supposed to. Is it supposed to you, be like she's... She's playing. She's pl- like, yeah, it, it you almost get seems tw- like she's too... So you, I don't know. So, so you get it's that... It's a weird scene. You get that... Uh, which I guess was the first scene they did, uh, she did in the movie. But like you get this, uh, you get a, a moment in her in her eye, yeah, where you know that it, it's a lie. There's just like a moment. There's just like a, a second. Like it's all fucking it, yeah. a lie. Hmm. Um, and then she's back to playing hmm. like, oh, I. You know, this is. So you you think this is just to save her life? It's just to save her okay. life. Hmm. Yeah, hey, it just it just I don't know. Kind of made me uncomfortable that like it's supposed to make you feel uh, uncomfortable. Uh, I think yeah. Which uh, you know a lot of the, the stuff does with with her, but uh, anyway, like still the, the easily in his uh, and 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 I still think I think this is as close to a a perfect western as you can get, and I I I think. This is the only realized female character he has in any of his movies that mm. I've seen. Yeah, um, and where she seems somewhat like a she's a character. She's yeah. her. The film revolves around her. Yeah, like she definitely has you know, and, and her agency and, uh, but it, it doesn't always nail that. <laughs> like there's this, 
Leone is definitely a misogynist himself, and it does he can't hide that. Mm-hmm. I feel like all Italian directors were back then. Maybe that's just an Italian thing. I don't know. It could be the time times, right? Like, this is like could 60s, have been almost right? every yeah. director. At that like day. I know Lucio Fucci definitely. Yeah, that guy fucking. <laughs> and uh, even the guy that I was talking about in episode two that did the, the Holocaust films, mm. like Campbell Holocaust. Yeah, so th- there's definitely like yeah. there there. It's it's still and not maybe just the product of his time. Too. I don't think the a uh, 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 perfect. Um, realization of what you'd hope but you're also thinking about when is this made from 1867 to 1870 because there's there's flags and there's only so many states at that point she has an arc and without spoiling too much like by the end it's it's a fantastic arc yeah Yeah. and i think she's even though she's dubbed in this i i I, um i think she's fantastic in the movie yeah um Mm. uh you know uh, uh, just a, a, a amazing actress from the sixties and, and seventies for the most part. Uh, the one scene I wanted to bring, another scene I wanted to bring up uh, when they're in the bar, and this is where um, Cheyenne I, meets, meets harmonica. Oh, yeah. harmonica, and I think um, what's her name? Jill's there too, isn't she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that bartender. What's his name? Like Fatsy or Popesy? <laughs> oh yeah, and he's a big actor yeah. too. That's uh, that's yeah. the bartender that I I I, Fuck, I can't think of his name. I can't yeah. think of his name, but he's, he's the guy who's wearing things. the suspenders and the belt. <laughs> Oh yeah, what's that? That's a great line for that. Uh, you wear suspenders and a belt. I can't trust a man who can't trust his, either a suspenders or a belt to keep his pants. That's up. actually a different guy. Oh, I thought it was the same that, bartender. No, it, that's the guy that is. He's one of the guys working. He for, set up uh, the meeting. Yeah. Oh, okay. The, I love that line. That's that, amazing. That, that line uh, that is currently my letterbox review. <laughs> How can I trust a man that wears uh, wears uh, a belt and suspenders? Man can't even trust his own pants. Coming soon to Movie City Man. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, but that that seems great. So he hears a harmonica playing, and you can't, it's like in the, the shadows. You don't know where it's coming from. And he kind of grabs this, like, lantern and slides it across uh, the oh, rope, yeah. and it reveals Bronson. Like, that scene is, again, like, yeah. fucking... And you don't know just, who everybody so many, is at this point, You right? don't. Yeah. Is, is he the villain? Is he... Like, they yeah. really play the plot close mm-hmm. to the vest for at least an hour, an hour yeah, and a half. Yeah. It's just, mm-hmm. but again, like the, the, there's there just so many so masterful, like, directed shots in this movie. It's just like it's the incredible. Back and forth like, dialogue between Cheyenne and the harmonica is so good. Yeah, in this yeah, scene too. yeah, yeah. I, and even harmonica, I, yeah. I think I wrote down some. I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but yeah, that is great. Where they're they're playing off each other, and he's talking. Pretty much, he's saying like, "Can you just play, or can you shoot too?" <laughs> yeah, and he's talking about how like he knows that Cheyenne's gang, I guess, is known for wearing the the coats, which I guess after this film became like a big the thing. Dusters and, the became dusters became a big dusters thing. Dusters in Paris and stuff, and they had to put warnings. Like, yeah, because this movie was not a hit over here. Here, because well, they also cut out like what twenty minutes or forty minutes. Yeah, or some and and what they cut out make they cut out that scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, so yeah, they the didn't cut scene. out like any of the uh, close-up of the eyes or like <laughs> no. stuff that they probably could have cut out. And like, I think right, it was easier to just cut a whole scene. Yeah, yeah, they cut that yeah. whole scene out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that great yeah. dialogue, and he's pretty much says like, you know, the only thing they're wearing is bullets or something now, yeah. or that's cool. But th- there's another great scene, um, uh, Harmonic and Frank. I wrote down where he's like, "Your friends have a high mortality rate, Frank. First three, then two. He's talking when he killed three early mm-hmm. at the beginning, then two more." He's like, so you're the one who makes appointments. 
And then he's like, and you're the one who doesn't keep them. Like, I don't know. There's just so much, yeah. like, chewy fucking. Yeah. The dialogue is 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 fantastic. Yeah. And I guess that Zanatti did most of that, that, mm. that yeah. those additions later. He's got all the pulpy kind of stuff in there. And there's a ton of it. Yeah. And, you know, they're all, gr- all the all the leads are great in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and Henry Fonda, at the, who basically, you know, he turns into an old man in a, a, in a couple of years. He's yeah. an old man in the 70s. Yeah. yeah. He is vibrant. He's still got that yeah. walk. Mm-hmm. He, he, he plays against his type so well, but he is never shy about how cold and calculated. Yeah, I, I think he's got to be one of the best villains in movies, like in movie Ever. history. Like he's, he's fucking so. I mean, and, again, he guns down a kid. Mm-hmm. And his fucking his opening of the film, and then you know, and is one of the the quintessential nice guys. But Leone saw, and 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 in his personal life, Jane Fonda's talked about this a, a lot. How her father never showed any emotion, never really knew you know what he was thinking if he loved loved her or whatever. And it wasn't until like the end of their like life, his life, that he started to be a little revealing. Leone saw that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That he was an actor playing these fatherly nice roles or nice guys or whatever, but actually was always removed. Yeah. And and he really was. And he used that to his advantage. It's it's incredible yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. Did you I I don't have too much more to say. Do you guys have any like I, I have something I want to talk about spoilers, but anything pre-spoilers? I love this movie. I feel like I needed Adderall to watch it because there is a lot of like hanging around on these shots for ages. You notice this? Like at the end, like there's a lot of uh close-ups of a face. Yeah, like, okay. I love that yeah, shit. So I don't do know. I. It's weird. Like, yeah. yeah, that would probably some movies yeah. that would bother me. And be like, just fucking go on with it. This is too. Long. I found my I, mind wandering quite a bit during these scenes, but every time I think, yeah, but every time they dialogue, happen, there's like yeah. the scores kicked mm-hmm. on, and you know it's like something great is going to happen. Like, and I, I think it, it does that the great. Timing like, is still you know, perfect when yeah. he's on someone's face; it moves mm-hmm. to someone else's face, or another close up, or or an overview shot, or whatever it is at the exact moment. Yeah. It it it, it is think, masterful editing, and then the it's important. Like the the what you're getting yes. out of those eyes, I think, kind of sells it. It sells more than he, saying he, he was able right? to see like into the souls of of actors. Like normally, I would back to Claudia Carnelli. If 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 you couldn't, if you didn't have someone actually reading their dialogue, you'd be like, how yeah. dimensional can you be? Well, it's not about that. It's the movement. It's the way she's looking, the way she's reacting to things. Mm-hmm. That's the story all there. That's why she's fantastic in, in this movie, because you really dig into her. Her dialogue isn't there, but actually, you're right. Her actually actions, you can see what she is thinking, what she's doing. And often the things. dialogue is still as snappy. It's mm-hmm. it's just like, mm-hmm. and it's and same with Morton, who owns the, the train. Like, he's dubbed, he's dubbed by two different actors, oh, yeah? or, or three different actors, mm-hmm. I think, actually. Oh, weird. Uh, Jack, uh, the the Elam who was in uh, High Noon, I think is one of the voices. I think there's a bunch of voices that do his character yeah. depending on maybe his emotion. I have no idea because I didn't clock mm. that. Mm. But tell me you don't feel that character. Yeah, you definitely do. And that's definitely all do. about his editing. And I don't, did we comment, like, I, I think the action scenes are incredible, the ones you do get oh, in there, and the oh, violence, like, there's some... With the, uh, he's know. behind a sign, and, like, uh, Charles Bronson sees behind the sign getting ready to gun down uh, 
What's the guy's name? Frank? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's so good. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know if it's like he yeah. he pretty much will pretty much say like he's kind of almost want he doesn't want anyone else to mm-hmm. kill him. He's he's all Bronson's, mm-hmm. uh, which we'll talk about in the spoilers because the whole story is well, why does he want revenge? Because yeah. he keeps on like introducing like, so who are you? Like I don't know who the fuck you are. Mm-hmm. And he it's great. He always says for, names. He's yes. always giving uh, names of uh, dead people, people that this he's killed. character yeah. killed, Frank killed, which I, I think is 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 great. Um, the way they. Again, just he's mm-hmm. he's digging in. He's he's not telling. Like I think that's pissing off Fonda. Like who the fuck are you? Why yeah. do you want to kill mm-hmm. me? And and you know he's taunting him. Uh, that's why Fonda keeps coming back. And doesn't yeah. even say like like uh, near the end something like pretty much like he says like so real like fuck just tell me who you are. And he says I'll tell you pretty much on your death. But like when you're yeah. dying, yeah. which I thought was another cool line. No, it was when I I'm dying. Oh, okay, because <laughs> okay. he never does. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. No, well, he yeah, he kind of. I think uh, Fonda does find out, but we'll get into it. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I guess ratings. Then, um, who wants to start off? You go ahead. I almost was going to give this the magical ten. Yeah. Oh wow. Um. Wow. I think I'm going to give nine point five. Wow. Ooh. Okay. What are you thinking? Not that high, but again, I'm a. Yeah. I, I've never. I don't even know if I've given I've given nines. I don't know if I have I done nine point five. I don't know. Anyways, eight point five for me. I, it's, it's still fucking incredible. It, it's mm-hmm. it is probably would be top one hundred for me. And again, one of my favorite westerns for sure. Yeah, like this is probably top. I need to like I said. I need to revisit those man with 30. no name. Mm-hmm. And uh, I want to revisit Young Guns. <laughs> I love those. <laughs> I love those. And you know, I know Quick it, and the Dead. <laughs> I know they're different leagues, but uh, Young Guns and sure. Tombstone. I'd love those films growing up. So we'll see. I was thinking eight. Yeah, okay, nice. yeah. Oh, maniac! It's a maniac. We got a new. Maniac. Oh yeah, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he got better off dead. Oh yeah, oh, we, yeah. yeah, we did have that. I guess I'm thinking it's been a while uh, as our main. Actually, it hasn't yeah. even been that while. Cause yeah, because Hitchcock, Hitchcock was yeah. before Jason or right, Friday Thirteenth. Yeah. Friday Thirteenth, we had uh, there was no maniacs on Friday Thirteenth. <laughs> I we I think the close we had was six. Jason Lewis, maybe. I think I gave that a um, seven. <laughs> okay. Okay. So yeah, not not then. Um, okay. Cool. Yeah. Let's uh, jump into spoilers. Mm-hmm. So again, if you don't want the movie, it's not much to it, but um, you know, it'll be at the bottom here. If Is you there? Don't want to know? Well, I, just, I think yeah. it's kind of a spoiler because the whole no, film. No, no, here... no. There's a scene I want to talk about. Okay. Okay. So we'll get into spoilers. When Cheyenne takes on the uh, train, it is so cool because it just pans and you see like a dead body. Oh yeah. And I am so upset I didn't get to see that scene play out because I think that'd be amazing. Yeah, I I think I think that's like, but again, I love that scene where they're just like panning. You just see like body, body, after body after body, and it goes on for like five minutes. You just see more and more of his. Yeah, I didn't I didn't catch on until yeah. like the end that he was the one that did that. Mm-hmm. I thought it was supposed to be like it found it, but then found is kind of the one that comes to yeah. that and says like, yeah. "Oh, what happened here?" Yeah, I, I never put that together until the end. Yeah, where he, well, we're in spoilers. Cheyenne dies at the end. Okay. This Which is, is kind one of, of my. It's shocking because he's playing it like he is nothing oh, yeah. calm. Like that is such a weird. Like uh, I didn't like this. That he's like, I'm fine. Let the guys pat you on the bottom. Then he just kind of goes out and dies in a field like a dog. Like well, no, you so don't really weird. know. You just see him getting ready for something. Yeah. He's shaving his beard. You know. Yeah, yeah. But like you he's, think he's, he's getting shot, ready, but... but he's not like he's not limping. He's just playing it completely straight. Yeah. Then he just goes and like, all right, Charles Bronson, I'll see you later. Then he just dies. Yeah. <laughs> 
The funny thing is, in the American cut, they actually cut that out too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so he lives. He in lives the in the American yeah. cut. Yeah. Oh, weird. They don't even. You don't even see that. I. I, I love that scene though. Yeah. I, yeah. Because I, I, I guess when he first sees like a uh, harmonica, he sees like, hey, it looks like you. I love where he's there, just like too, like just yeah. go get out of here, like mm-hmm. don't don't watch me don't die. Watch me die. Yeah. yeah. But I guess the reveal is you find out why Bronson's character wants revenge. That fucking flashback is incredible is so with the music, and yeah. you see him. Has to be one there. of the best yeah. flashbacks ever. In a movie. Oh, it's so good, and he's. You find out he's fucking like the way it pans down. He's a kid, and he's got him. Assuming is is his brother. I thought it's his, his older brother because yeah. it could. You could think of his father too. Yeah, it's his, older, it's his brother. older brother. Yeah. He's standing. He's got the noose around his neck. If the young brother makes a move or you if know tires out, collapses. His brother's dead, and he sticks the harmonica. Uh, Fonda sticks the harmonica in his mouth. Such and a that's cruel scene, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, but yeah, just it, oh man. And, it's but so you also good. see Fonda come out, and he, he yeah, oh yeah, in with the, the darker yeah, yeah. beard, and you yeah. see the shadows, and you because yeah. yeah, in the you start you, seeing him throughout the movie, you're getting flashbacks yeah. of someone that's kind of blurry. And I, I thought it was supposed to be his dad or something, and because mm-hmm. it was going to be that. Fonda killed his father or something, yeah, like a gunfight or something. But yeah, I know that the reveal is it's Fonda. Yeah, that that's incredible too. Oh, all that shit is so good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I honestly like. Uh, I watched this and hadn't watched it in in so many so many years. Oh, do we have any more spoilers before? Yeah, we should get out. Um, I don't. I don't. I think, think so. Right. About I think, yeah. We're good for spoilers. Yeah, let's get yeah. out spoilers. So, so I I hadn't watched this so many years. I don't know what to expect, and and I I I throw and it's long, and you're getting mm-hmm. yourself prepared. This is one of the movies I just didn't want to end. Yeah. I just wanted to keep, keep going. living in this. I didn't feel the time at all. I just could have, I, I I could have just kept following all this experience. But it ends so perfectly. Yeah. Um, I I love that last shot. So we're we're you know justifiably complaining about <laughs> uh, about some of the misogyny, and that's probably like the point five. Mm-hmm. And you're right score. though, and like that, I think again because it's supposed to take place in that time, it's it's kind of like you know having like people use the N word, and, and and you know that time like I guess Tarantino with Jane, and you know I think it's like kind of acceptable in, in a sense that if you want it to be real, realistic, like that's, that's how mm-hmm. it was. Like women were pretty much she's property, on this right? like, no man's and land, she, and she is a former yeah. prostitute, right? Like she's not mm-hmm. going to be respected, and and but she's coming she's in, and their last scene is triumphant. Yeah, yeah, it really is, eh? Exactly. Where, yeah, where she comes out and she brings that water. No one pats her on the ass, mm-hmm. by the way, and and you get this amazing shot where it shows what she's building, what she's mm-hmm. going to own, yeah, mm-hmm. what she's going to create this this economic hub mm-hmm. of the west moving out and it has so many layers and the three men are are relics. Yeah, they're done. And they're done. For whatever reason they're done, mm-hmm. they're done. I I I think I think um it has so many layers uh, it's it's an unbelievable movie. I think it's one of the the. I think it's Leone's best. best it's movie. crazy that he didn't direct more. Like he didn't do that many films. Right. I like, think he's again. His Man with No Trilogy. Those are all considered pretty up there for you know great. I think he got obsessed he with Once Upon, Once Upon a time, time in America. But that's for many years. Great too, oh, isn't it? Because that's like yeah. twenty years. After this, right? Oh, like, it's, uh, years? Well, it was supposed to be made yeah. when this film was made, and then yeah. uh, again they were no one wanted to make yeah, that we, movie. Well, we yeah. just and they just wanted Leone to do westerns because yeah. he was good mm-hmm. at it, right? So he makes duck. 
uh, Ducky Sucker in 71, which is the only one I haven't seen. Yeah, I've been, I need to pick that up. Uh, which I gotta, I gotta watch now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then I think he just struggles to make Once Upon a Time in America, which is fantastic, yeah. but also... I have to watch that. I is that. A- out mm. of control in terms of excess. Oh, it is like four hours. And, and I think a cut was eight. Yeah, that's... That he had. Right, yeah. like again, if this was a TV show, fucking a man, that'd be like the perfect TV show. Yeah, I guess a pretty good fucking movie. Though. Like, like four once hours. A, once a awesome. time in America is amazing. Yeah, uh, but I, I think it almost like he was given too much rope. Mm-hmm. Where this one, he actually brought Don Addy, the writer, in to cut, like to rein him in. Yeah. Because they had too many ideas, and it was like, how do we turn this into a, a, a real movie, a yeah. real structure? And it's, you know, I, I like mm-hmm. it's it's, it's two forty five. Yeah. It's not even three hours. Yeah, it's sprawling, but it deserves to be. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of those movies where I feel like there's occasionally epics where you're like, uh, yeah, you could have cut like an hour out of the. Not this yeah. one. Yeah, to, to me, yeah, watching this again, like I wasn't sure. You know, the first time watch might have just been like it was so different. But yeah, this kind of solidified. Like it, it's it's incredible. Um, this watch, I I, I just want to. I don't have much for trivia because I mm. slacked off this week. I apologize. I guess yeah, it had a five million dollar budget as we mentioned. It wasn't a huge success. It only made like five point three in the United States, but uh, worldwide forty million. So and a huge yeah. hit. Huge like hit. and like for two years, it ran in France. Well, actually, yeah. there, there's a funny uh, yeah. thing where I guess it was playing so much in the. And the theater, and, and Leone said he would go in sometimes near the end, and like the couple of people in there would come and run and ask for the autograph. And the guy um, the running projectionist, projectionist uh. would you probably what's the line? Uh, yeah, uh, I want to kill you. Yeah, because <laughs> like it's this if you see the movie so many it, times, like, and it's a lot of long takes, yeah. like yeah. that would drive you crazy. It's so yeah. long. Yeah, um, I just want to comment one last thing, and I don't know if it's a spoiler. I don't think I, I think we can get away. It's I don't think it hurts film. I just want to your thoughts on it. Near the end, um, we know you know what what everyone's fate is, but um, she kind of asks. Um, Cheyenne kind of pretty much says like you know none of us are for you, me, ne- yeah, n- nor the um, our Bronson, the harmonica, which his name is just harmonica, harmonica yeah. yeah, right. Um, anyways, but she says you know um, uh, see you later or something, and he's like yeah, see you later, or I'll be back or some kind of line like that. Like, do you think mm-hmm. that's hinting that? Maybe he's going to come back when the timing is right. He's still got an adventure to go on. He's still got to figure something out. And maybe he'll return when they're old. And there uh, could be something there. Like you, I, I kind of got this. I, the I way think, he says that line, I like almost it think it's says on like, a spiritual yeah. level. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, see you later. Yeah. But not in this life. Maybe. Okay. That's yeah. what I get. I, yeah. I got. From I just yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Again, the the way Leon like, like the looks on their faces. I think Cheyenne knows. He's he's too far gone. He's he, like he he's yeah. gone down a wrong path. Okay. He's uh, now like, just a killing machine. He yeah. can't be a part of a normal yeah. life anymore. He won't be able to, to settle down. Yeah. He won't be able to be what she's going to need for the next steps to basically be the, the matriarch of this town. And and Bronson is pretty much just a guy that he's a dead man walking. Yeah, yeah he's, he wanted, he needs his revenge once he got it. You know, he's not going to exist. Yeah. He's gonna he's gonna evaporate into the ether. Yeah. Um. And yeah. Yeah. Again, like a low note ringing that, out into the ethos. That yeah. final yeah. like shootout is fucking incredible mm. too. Again, that's really good. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. It's uh, again. I'm not gonna say 
perfect or anything, but I th- this is incredible. Mm. You for you it is almost is perfect, right? Yeah, like I don't believe in perfection yeah. in as a rule. Yeah. Perfection doesn't exist. So a, a, a ten for me isn't a perfect movie. It's just like as good as you can get yeah. in, in the pantheon. Mm. And this is almost there. I really had to think about it. Like I've given that score out to like in the in the rewatches since I've been on this this show. Has anyone got it on the first watch? I don't know if I've ever given yeah. a ten on the, uh, the I don't first think watch. That's that's to me. It's just crazy. yeah. It's hard, right? Like you can't first watch. I think you you need that yeah. second. But so so I've given um, but I've I've given a ten out. Mm. I've given it mm-hmm. uh, to Rear Window. Mm. Uh, on on this, I've given it to Brief Encounter, which I was uh, Death of Smoochie number ten, for yeah, and Death of Smoochie yeah. is the third. Do the right thing. Uh, yeah. I've I've given that. Yeah. I think they're they're like those are not. There's still things that are wrong. It's yeah. an inherent mm-hmm. thing. I I think looking for perfection in art is like just uh, a, a, a just yeah. a, a you're gonna. You're never gonna find it. There's the uh, robots have to make our things. We have to become AI machines mm-hmm. because of how how our our brains yeah. work but i i i thought this was close to that other level i, I guess i have a, a question and we can probably talk about maybe at the end of the four but is this where did like is this top western for you or do you, is there any that you think maybe on a rewatch might pass it surprise is there any that like you think are on the same level so we're gonna watch one of them next week Ooh. okay okay uh, yeah okay, tombstone Tombstone's two weeks from now. <laughs> I don't think Tombstone's going to be that. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing. Uh, Is Tombstone before or after Unforgiven? Unforgiven's first. Oh, okay. Interesting. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I I don't know. Like, that's, yeah. again, uh, that could disappoint me, could could not. But those those were near the, the top. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't know if there's any of the... Yeah, Unforgiven's been interesting for me. Mm-hmm. For me. But, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it. Like, the Searchers... I, I never had as high as a lot of uh, different people. Rio Bravo is pretty fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I could. I guess we could save these and do a volume two of westerns maybe yeah. next year. Yeah, something. like I, I, I don't There's know. So many good ones. I, 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 again, I, I watched most of these westerns either Wild as a Bunch, kid. Mm-hmm. Seven. Uh, that's not even going to be. Close. I, I didn't love that one either, but. Uh. Uh, Magnificent Seven is a remake of Se- Seven yeah. Sa- Now Seven Samurai. Now I would. Consider all of Kurosawa's samurai westerns? movies potentially westerns. Seven Samurai might be. That's great. Yeah, might be. I agree. I, I love that film, and I was excited for Magnificent Seven. And I, I don't know why. I forget what I had problems with it. I didn't. I didn't love it. That's it when feels I like a Hollywood version of. I just remember like not yeah. liking any of the characters. Where Seven Samurai, you kind of did more. I don't know. Yeah, like C. McQueen's fine. Yul Brenner's fine, and all, like all those guys are fine. Like they're all recognizable character actors. Mm-hmm. I think Wild Bunch does that better. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Like Stagecoach is is a fantastic. You are a high one. plane drifter guy, Terry Williams. I I do love high plane drifter. I don't think that's a it's not a nine point five for yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> my my friend from work has been raving about the outlaw Josie Wales. So I I've had that on Blu-ray sealed sitting there. I might try to throw for that me in outlaw there. Josie Wells is the warm up for Unforgiven. Okay, oh, perfect. Like uh, like like I feel like that's. He doesn't quite, because have the directing chops quite mm-hmm. yet, and he doesn't quite have the story. I've watched both of those. I've, yeah. I've watched Josie Wales closer than Unforgiven. I'm I'm pretty confident saying that. Mm-hmm. It's a great movie, yeah, as well. But I, I think it's like a warm up. 
to oh, yeah. maybe, maybe really I'll, getting... I'll try to get through. We'll see. I'm not gonna mm. promise anything. Anyways, we're we're going off on other western yeah, western yeah. pageant. Let's let's lasso this new submission. Yeah, it's kind of cool. We got a new maniac. It's 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 great. I I feel good about this because the last episode. Yeah, I felt kind of bad that. You know, we we all did the anti-maniac, <laughs> yeah, we all had the same score, yeah. but low. Yeah, we didn't hate it. We all just didn't love it like everyone else does. So it was nice to kind of return with this to show that, no, we do like Westerns, we swear. <laughs> um, that one didn't work for us. Anyways, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this film, on other films. Again, give us some recommendations. Uh, you can find us on Facebook. Just search our, li- we have a group page and like page. You can email us at uh, moviecitymaniacs at gmail.com. And we're on Instagram, moviecitymaniacs. Yeah, cool. Well, uh, this has been fun, guys. Uh, Rawhide! Stay scared. We need a whip. You need yeah. to get that. Yeah. Whip. Whip. Do you not have one around here? <laughs> yeah. Don't have a whip. It's in the bedroom. Yeah. I can see it for like you guys, you yeah. guys using it for some kind of musical like, sound. They're doing or rawhide. In the, yeah. uh, that actually does seem like something Jordan yeah. might have. Don't act like you're above the whip. <laughs> <laughs>